and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I am Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And Cliffo so rudely didn't wait for his turn in the introduction. <laughs> Just howling right away. How, it's uh, it's the new year, you guys. What's how's it's that? It's 2019. So far, so good. Um, I've already beaten one Kingdom Hearts game, at least. Um, I I don't remember. I think I was still pl- actually playing three the the 3D one, um, Dream yeah. Drop Distance, uh, last time we talked. So I beat that one, and I also beat um, Fragmentary Passage, which is um, just kind of like... I guess it was actually like a playable secret ending in one of the like Japan only remixes. Oh. So they just kind of fleshed it out into a slightly more full game um and like re-released it as part of one of the box sets. So That's... it's pretty short. It's okay. like three was, or four hours. I was gonna say, what is fragmentary passage? Because I've heard of it but I have no fucking clue what it is. So thank you for just I had, preempting I had... that. Yeah, I had not heard of it until, uh, like, I saw a speedrun of it at GDQ. Um, I, not this GDQ, but a previous GDQ, and I'm like, oh, there's a Kingdom Hearts game I haven't heard of? Um, but it's just like, it's about what the heck Aqua is doing in the Realm of Darkness. And, uh, oh. it's fine. <laughs> it's, like, clearly lower budget than all the other games. Like, you can tell that the, um... Like, the cutscenes use the same 3D models, but they don't really have, like, good texturing or lighting. Oh. Um, and the, uh, like, the, it uses the Unreal 4 engine, which I'm pretty sure none of the other games do. Huh. Uh, like, that logo pops up at the beginning. It's just, it's sort of weird. Um, but it's fine. It's interesting. It does... Like, I, I, if for no other reason, you know, it's kind of built for me because it's, um, it primarily just focuses on the dark world, which is entirely just, like, surreal and weird, and I love surreal spaces in games, that's, like, my favorite thing. Yeah, it's, I don't know, thinking about, like, impossible geometry and non- non-Euclidean space and stuff, it makes me think of, like, some scenes from... Uh, the Evil Within, which mm. makes me sad that I will never play that game because I'm a baby. <laughs> Too scary. A big, big baby. But yeah, it's like yeah. how I almost did not end up watching Hannibal because I'm like, but it's a horror show and I don't like horror and gross stuff. But then it ended up being fine and I was glad I did because it is very like surreal and artsy and yeah. not really that gory at all. I don't do. Is, is, like, the Hannibal Lecter canon, like, is that considered horror? Because I always would have classified it as a thriller. But eh, I, don't, I mean, it's... I think it depends on how you approach it. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was just, like, I, there is a lot of very gruesome death in the TV show. Very, TV show, very like, um, like, gruesome and, and um, what's the right word? Not visual, but, like, extremely visual. Like, uh, uh... I'm trying to think of a word, too, and I can't think of it. <laughs> no! I'm bad at words today. It's not Make bode well one. for the podcast. Um, it's... 
vociferous, but not. Um, um, it's it's just like it's it's so much. It is so much. Gratuitous is that the word? Possibly. Maybe. Um, that's I think that's the word I was trying to think of. But sure, let's go with that. It is very gratuitous and over the top. It's there's just a lot of it, and it's very like upfront and in your face. Um, whatever the word was, I was trying to think of, and it's. Like, I was afraid that meant that, like, ooh, it's going to be, like, cringy and gory and gross. But they do a really good job of making it not gross in spite of graphic. That's the word I'm okay. thinking of. It's very graphic. That works. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's edgy, but it's not... Well, I'm not going to say it's not cringe edgy, because the whole third season is kind of cringe. Uh... Well, but in the... Di- it, not because it's gory. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because it's because it went like a little bit off the deep end in terms of its like artsiness. I love how the third season like had a, a huge bump in in the quality of the cinematography and a huge dip in the quality of the writing until until like they get back to the dollar hide stuff and then it's fine again. I am I'm so like I'm so torn on that because everybody says like, ugh, the first half of season three is the worst, and then like the dollar hide stuff is really good. But I actually really didn't like the dollar hide stuff very much, um, and I I kind of enjoyed the first half of season three. I um, mean, the first half of season three, you get to see like full unrestrained supervillain Hannibal, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, they, it gets very, I would say, camp yes. in season three. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what I like about it. I it also, I mean, it helps that um, uh, oh, what's what's his name? Uh, Richard yeah. Armitage. Yeah, Richard oh. Armitage played uh, uh, Dragon Dollarhide. Yeah, and he's great. So what a weird character. This is like a. A serial killer who's, like, got an obsession with, like, his teeth, and he, like, eats... He's got an obsession with William Blake's, uh, the the Red Dragon, like, painting, which painting. is... He eats the painting as well. He's also got an obsession with his teeth, and, like, some kind of weird backstory with his mom or grandma or someone that's apparently explained in the books, but is only vaguely, vaguely hinted yeah. at in the show. Which is part of why I didn't like that part of season three, is I felt like it was relying too much on you know who this is already from the books, and That's you have true. some idea of what's going on. Because and I haven't read the books, or and, seen really yeah, most like, of the other movies. A lot of the other, a, a lot of the other media like that is unconnected to this. Uh, wow, this is a Hannibal podcast now. Um, I think I think like the first movie about about the the book series was Manhunter in the 80s, and if I remember correctly, that was also a Dollar Hyde movie. Uh, I know I've I've seen it, and I don't remember any of it, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, and there was one where, like, um, oh, not Eddie Izzard. What's his name? Edward Norton was, like, Will Graham in one of these. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was in Red Dragon, I think, was what that Mm -hmm. one was called. Yeah. Carl, have you watched Hannibal yet? (laughs) Nope. Oh, it's pretty good. It's good. Season two is the best season. Season one is the second best season. Season three is the weakest, but it ends on a high note. Yeah, that's accurate. That's pretty accurate. 
okay, so we've talked about Kingdom Hearts. We've talked about Hannibal. We're checking our boxes here. <laughs> what have you been up to the past couple weeks, Carl? Um, I've been obsessed about playing Subnautica. Yeah! Oh, I want to sp- play that! I've spent way too many hours on that game. Subnautica's really good. Are you... It's been on my it's... wish list for ages. Are you doing, like, the campaign, or are you just kind of dicking around? Because both are fun to do. Um, I do the campaign while dicking around. Yeah, that works. But now I'm finished, and now I'm sad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how much I is... find another open-world creative story game. Yeah. I wish w- there were more of those. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that have, like, one aspect of that, but just don't combine it with the others. Actually, I, I broke down, like, a month ago, and I bought two copies of No Man's Sky, and I gifted one to my boyfriend, because on good old games, they finally, uh, are launching the multiplayer, uh, up, up, mm. update. Um, and we were gonna play that together, and we, we haven't. And it was fifty percent off, which is why I got two copies. Um, and I played some of that, and it's quite good. Now, now it's quite good. <laughs> uh, like three years later, yeah. that's fine. Um, I've been thinking about playing it after I played Subnautica, just because I want another Subnautica. Yeah, it basically is, but space. <laughs> I haven't gotten to a point where there's a whole lot trying to kill me yet. Uh, I, I felt like there was a lot of stuff trying to kill me in Subnautica, but not. I, I also have an indie game on my Steam wish list called The Raft that seems like it's maybe trying to be Subnautica esque. Yeah, but I don't know from here. About it. Oh, isn't I'm how like what? Five hundred meters away. Oh, that okay? That close? I was gonna <laughs> say like Sweden is kind of a hotbed of. Of <laughs> games development, but you meant like right next door. Local. Super local. I feel like I've played like maybe a demo of the raft, or I don't know. Is there a demo? I feel like I played a demo and was like, "Yep, this sure is the game that they advertised to me." I've I've just seen the trailer. It looked like a game where you're on a raft and there's a shark chasing you, and over time you have to like build up the raft to be like a bigger boat, but not die from the shark. Yeah. yeah. So you have to get in the water, but the water is also dangerous. It's uh, a delicate balance of not getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> a delicate balance of no shark eating. Yeah, yep. the problem with that game is uh, um, last time I checked at least, it was only two people. Ah, that so makes it's sense. like it's a bit slow in development. Yeah. Mm. Oh, is it not out yet? I think it's early access. Ah, okay. Yeah, as I say, like my sum total knowledge of it is, I saw the trailer and was like, "This looks interesting. I'll put it on my wish list." But maybe like low on my wish list under yeah. other things like Subnautica. <laughs> well, Kyla, I just opened up my Steam, and the first thing that showed up on featured and recommended was the raft. <laughs> really? It's listening to us. Oh dear. 
Mm. It knows. It, does it knows. Get That's out. Okay. Get out of here, Steam. I I have mixed feelings. I know there's like a lot of um there's always a lot of panic around like, oh, the big companies are monitoring us so much and have all our personal information and I'm like yeah, I'm okay with like Steam recommending me games that I might actually want to play. Like yeah. Steam understanding what my preferences are. I'm pretty. Um, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. I'm not okay with uh, the the Amazon Echo that my parents have here that I unplug <laughs> the second they walk out the door and are yeah. gone for a while. Like they gotta plug that shit back in when they're up here again. I I'm not a fan of of that. A listening device? Yeah. Even though you can ask it any question at any time? I can pick up my phone and get a more satisfactory answer <laughs> in basically every instance. So, But it's the future. The future <laughs> sucks, man. The future is bullshit. <laughs> a very optimistic attitude for the new year. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Damn, we don't even have that Amazon. <laughs> the comp like the company? Yeah. I mean, we can order from like UK or oh, Germany. Yeah. Mm. I've always wondered what, just how much reach they have in yeah, places that aren't here. It's probably for the best if like they don't have a, like a corporate or warehouse nearby because they're they're pretty skeevy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Everett and I were looking at... I say this having friends who, like, work at Amazon, Oh, yeah, I but... mean, <laughs> living living in Seattle, and now the fact that I'm moving to Virginia, where they are building another warehouse, or another headquarters, but I'm in, I'm not... We, like, we were looking, possibly, at living in Northern Virginia, and then the goddamn second they announced, like, we're gonna be building our other headquarters in Nova, I was like, no, look... We're not doing this. We are not living up there. It's already bad. Amazon. Like, Northern Virginia is already bad. Uh, I'm not inviting that into my life again. Well, and, and Denver was one of the cities that was kind of in the running. And Denver already sucks now. <laughs> like, oh, I just... Living in a city, I think, is increasingly not worth it. Yeah, I've I have such mixed feelings because I like grew up in rural middle of nowhere. So there are some things I very much appreciate about being in the city, but yeah, yeah. you're right. I don't know if they make up for the the benefits of not being in the city in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, this is the Optimism Podcast 2K19, baby. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't live in the middle of the forest, mo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you used to? Yeah, when I grew up. Aww. It was like a 10 minute drive to end, like... Anywhere. If, I, if, we, yeah. if we needed to buy something, it's a 10 minute drive. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's that's like where I grew up. Yeah, that's like my parents' house where they live now, um, south of Denver. It's like... It, it's a very suburban town halfway between like Denver and Colorado Springs but they live outside of the suburban town so it takes literally 20 minutes to get to the closest grocery store <laughs> yeah it sucks 
So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm fine. I think... I, I think, like, as totally not punk rock of me as it is to say, I'm pretty okay with, like, suburban living, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Being the good compromise between, like, actually having some some semblance of, like... Civilization. Civilization nearby, and, uh, and yet not having to deal with all the, like, city bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I'll hand in my punk rock ID card now. It's been a good run. <laughs> I prefer to live next to people rather than cows. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with, uh, we had cows on three sides of the house, I think, and then, like, just a field on the fourth side. Um, it was, uh, I don't know. It was peaceful. It, it offered a lot of, like, exploration and an adventure in nature for mm -hmm. a young child uh so it had that going for it yeah actually yeah when i was a kid our our house basically was at the edge of a forest and i spent a lot of time in that forest as a child so that's it's yep. yeah it's a good environment to grow up in but um it taught me the appropriate amount of fear of cows which um, is no fear well, which is non-zero, which is not yeah. too much fear, but, like, a certain, like, wary caution. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my mom grew up on a dairy farm. I've heard her stories. <laughs> so. They're nice. big. They're really big. They're big. And if they're, they're really angry, nice. if they're angry, then they can be very dangerous. But most of the time they're not angry, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, and cows give no shit about fences. <laughs> yeah, they don't. I do, I do love driving through rural areas, and it's like, here's some posts and some wires to keep the cows in, like, how does that work? <laughs> do the cows really respect the boundaries of man? I mean, they must, Most because it's certainly, it's certainly not, like, actually physically keeping them enclosed if they don't want to be. Yeah. Huh. But I I understand that if you like um, if you let car uh, cows back into the barn at night, they'll just go to like their normal milking stall, and like hang out there just because like they're used to it, and they're like, oh, yep, that's my spot. That's like, it's like when you're in in uh any school environment that doesn't have assigned seating, but everyone ends up sitting in the same seats every class anyway. What is the that beeping I keep hearing? Is There's there a little, beeping? like, boop-boop noise, like someone ch it... like chatting on Skype or something? Is it this one? No, it's not that. It's definitely, like, a computer noise. Oh, do I have Discord up? I must have Discord oh. up in a window somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So that's not showing up on the podcast, and yeah, probably. No, so it's we're not. okay. Okay, I was I was worried that it was me, but like I couldn't hear it, but it was still gonna end up on the recording. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. But nope, nope, just my Discord. Okay. I, the thing is, fun. like, I don't I don't have the Discord app. I just like uh, open it in a web tab, mm. and so it gets sometimes lost among the tabs, and I forget it's open. And then I'm like, where is this beeping noise coming from? That's fair. Alright, never mind, sorry. Um, so, a thing I forgot to mention, completely changing the subject. Yeah. Uh, a thing I forgot to mention last time 
that I'm super, super excited about uh, is that I got tickets to go to a writing seminar with Maggie Stiefvater, who's coming to Seattle in February. And she is, like, maybe my favorite living author at this point, now that Terry Pratchett has died. Ooh. I um, feel like you did mention this, but I don't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast. I, I almost certainly did, because I think no, around okay. when I was reading The Raven Cycle, I was like... I, I didn't re- mention the, the writing seminar, but I definitely mention, have mentioned Maggie Stiefvater okay. before. Um, and... Yeah, so she wrote The Raven Cycle, which is just a really, really solid uh, young adult um, book series about um, dead Welsh kings buried in the Virginian countryside. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. What a what an elevator pitch. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's very cool. Mm. It's got, like... It's sort of an urban fantasy thing, you know, but like the the magic is all very like ancient and uh, and odd and like fairy magic type stuff, and um, it's not like a vampires and werewolves kind of thing. That's nice. uh, and yeah. and the blurb on the back is of the first book is really bad and makes it sound like a just like kind of kitschy teen romance sort of thing, which it's absolutely not. I want to see if uh, I can find this blurb. Yeah, I feel like we've actually read that blurb on the podcast before. Okay. It's entirely possible. Uh, the Raven Boys, is that the first one? Yeah, that's the first one. Okay, this is on the website. Uh, an unlikely group stumbles across ancient magic in Virginia. Blue, the daughter of the town psychic in Henrietta, Virginia, who has been told for as long as she can remember that if she ever kisses her true love, she, he will... Oh, he will die! Gamzee, who seeks the Welsh magic he believes saved his life. Adam, who searches for a way out of the circumstances he was born into. Ronan, who seeks to recover the magic of his childhood. Is that is that the same um, as the blurb on the back of the I don't know if that's the same as the blurb on the back. The, the blurb definitely does mention the whole, like, blue, like, kiss of death thing. Um, which is, to be fair, like a big plot point in the book, but it's it's not as i don't know tweeny as that makes it sound <laughs> that's fair yeah i don't know that i mean the the website blurb does not sound particularly cringy to me so maybe yeah. maybe it's different than what's on maybe the book. it's a different blurb but um it's 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 a very good book i highly recommend it and i am just like incredibly psyched uh to be hearing her talk she's she seems like the sort of person that like would not actually be like a good person to be friends with in real life, but is she's a very talented writer, so like I'm excited to like attend the seminar. Nice. Um, I try and keep her separate from her work. She has, I still think often about um, in the second book, she, when she's describing Ronan and she describes him as having a smile built for war. Or a smile made for war. I forget which one exactly. And I'm like, God, that's such a fucking good ex- description. That is really good. I approve of that. <sighs> yeah, and uh, and the the opening line. Uh, I haven't read the Scorpio Races, which is one of her other series, but I I was browsing through it in the bookstore once, and I opened it, and the first sentence is, uh, "It was the month of November, and so someone had to die." And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Maggie. <laughs> What a, that's a why hell of a lead. So, why are you so fucking good at this? Just get right to the damn point. Yep. I like it. Uh, okay. I'm gonna attempt a segue here. Speaking of good writing, <laughs> yeah. boy, howdy. 
Yep. Did we play a game this past... Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Kelso and I just played this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I figured it would be short, so yeah. I wanted it to be, like, fresh. So. Yep. Carl, did you play it further back than that? Um, yeah. Played it two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So not exactly in the past two weeks, more in the past couple of days. Um, we have played a game called Butterfly Soup. Uh, by Brianna Lay. It came out in 2017. Um, it's it's basically free. It's a pay what you want uh, on Itchio game, uh, and it's it's just a it's just a lesbian visual novel. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. The writing is just like cute and solid, and made me laugh out loud multiple times. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a pretty, like, short and to-the-point and focused visual novel about being a gay Asian-American girl in the late 2000s. Yeah, basically. There you go. And you have, uh, so there's four main characters, um, all of whom are uh, queer Asian-American women, uh, and they... The, the story is told sort of, like, it alternates between, like, it goes through each of the four characters, but it's telling a single continuous narrative in the present that continues to advance w- even when you switch characters. Um, but also in each character section, you tend to get flashbacks of their childhood and sort of, you know, how they came to be who they are and how they met the other characters and things like that. Um, and I think it's well woven together. Uh, it's it's easy to to not feel like you don't feel like you're lost or confused about you know who people are or when things are happening for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it's so it starts with Dia. Dia is the first character. Um, she is an Indian American girl who is like enormous. Like she's very big and very athletic. Um, but she's also got a, extreme social anxiety um, and has very bad difficulty, like, talking to people. And that that manifests a bunch in the in the story. Also, she really likes food. She eats a lot. And <laughs> she's, like, immediately loyal to anyone who gives her food. Yeah, food and, like, puppies and cute animals, basically. Oh, yes, she's obsessed are, with dogs. Jam. Yeah. Immediately relatable character. <laughs> yep. This whole game, by the way, is kind of like uh, like a Tumblr post came came to life. Yeah, but it's it's a good Tumblr post. It's yeah, not the Tumblr post telling you to to uh, kill yourself because you made the cartoon bad. Yeah, it's like it's a good kind of Tumblr that like reminds you about self care and like complains sarcastically uh, and wittily about the lack of representation in media. Yeah, and so forth. That Tumblr post. If that Tumblr post were a visual novel, it would be this visual novel. Yeah. Also, uh, like I was gonna say, like a heckin' doggos Tumblr, which which <laughs> yeah. I need to say this because I didn't realize this until uh, I was like putting together the social media posts for the last episode and like posting about this game. This okay. game is made by the person who also made Palm Gets Wi-Fi, which I streamed uh, a number of years ago. Uh, yeah. 
It's great. I guess I missed that one. It's, <laughs> but it sounds adorable. It's good. I And I don't think I put VODs of it anywhere. So if you want to experience Palm Gets Wi-Fi, uh, it's also free on Itch. So you should just do that. It's pretty short. And it's, okay. it's again, like, meme comedy. More absurdist than this, but... Uh, it's about a, a Pomeranian in heaven trying to get Wi-Fi? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, yes, there is a there is a Pomeranian named Palm involved in this narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. I, so this is going to be tough for us to remember because uh, it's a very indie game, and so there aren't really a lot of walkthroughs. So it might be difficult for us to like remember the sequence in which the story is told. Um, well, luckily, not a whole ton happens in the present stuff, yeah. so it's like not that complicated. But in terms of flashbacks. Um, so the first is flashbacks of Dia and uh, Minso, like playing on the playground. Yes. I think, along with uh, God, I don't remember the name of the guy. He gets named so late in the story. It's like Hayden, Hayden. or Brayden. Hayden sounds right. Hayden. Or, it's yeah. Hayden. And uh, Min's twin brother Jun. Jin is also yeah. there. Jinso, yeah. So um, they're playing. I really so. We'll probably come back to this over and over, but the writing in this game is just really solid. Um, and as you would hope for a visual novel. Uh, and I, one thing I think she captures really well is different voices for different age groups. Mm-hmm. Because the when they, you know, this is, it starts with them in like second or third grade. And they really do have that like, weird little kid logic that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I, I have the game up like now so that I, we can fast forward to it if we forget what a scene is but they're, they're, the beginning scene is they're like playing you know make believe games and Hayden or Brayden or Caden whatever Hayden. white okay. boy white boy uh, <laughs> yeah, he basically is white boy they kind of make fun of that like he, him being the only white character yeah. in their school um, is the evil dragon and I think they start out Min is the princess but then Min is like but I shoot the dragon. But yeah. and then Hayden's like, but my my scales are so strong they deflect bullets. And then Min says, Well, my gun doesn't shoot bullets. My gun shoots at a smaller gun that shoots out a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, originally Min is uh is supposed to be the princess, but Min is bad at being the princess. Um at, because she's just very violent. <laughs> And so they make Dia the princess instead, and uh, Min gets to be the knight. The knight, and uh, but Jin was the knight before, and he's like, "Wait, if you're the knight, then who am I?" And she's like, "You can be the gun." <laughs> and then his like name tag changes to gun question mark. Oh, I forgot that this the the knife shot by the smaller gun. Uh, shot by the larger gun, the knife explodes on contact. Oh, yes, of course. I'm clicking through this scene right now, so... It's a great opening. It, like, really establishes the characters well. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, when when uh, Min isn't looking, Dia, like, throws, um, uh, like, the, the two boys off of the playground, like, jungle gym equipment, because they were mean to Min, but she doesn't want Min to know that she's, like, protecting her, because Min is super protective and, like, wants to be the strong one. Yeah. It's a cute, it's a cute relationship. Um, it, it might be worth establishing now, this doesn't really come in until later, 
Um, but Min is possibly trans. Um, it's sort of vaguely hinted at uh, in the in the game, um, but the game does refer to her as her, so I think we might as well continue doing so. Yeah. Uh, but she definitely has she definitely has some gender confusion, but it's unclear and possibly even unclear to her whether that's um, like actual gender dysphoria or whether it's just like she's chafing at the restriction of her gender role. Um, and like yeah. doesn't want to be forced into you know typically feminine things. Oh, it's it's so like it's really uncomfortable in the scene where they show her like they they mention that like her parents are really mad at her for chopping off all of her hair, uh, and like there's a scene where like they show her with like long hair and she's wearing a dress and it's just like oh that's not Min yeah, I don't it's like absolutely this not Min get it away <laughs> yeah, Ugh. Exactly. They, and they did, it's because they've done such a good job as, as, as at establishing who she is that to then suddenly see her in a traditionally feminine getup is incredibly jarring, yeah. which is good. Like, that's, that's exactly what you want for her characterization. Um, I guess we should, we should also probably mention, before we get too far in, uh, the significance of the title. Yes. Um, which is that... So butterfly soup. This is and this is like a true thing. I knew, I did know about this before the game, but it's it's still super insane. Um, so when a caterpillar metamorphoses into a butterfly, uh, it builds a little cocoon, and then inside the cocoon, the body of the caterpillar liquefies essentially. Uh, it becomes a big mass of undifferentiated cells. Uh, and then those cells later reform into a butterfly. But the crazy thing is that even despite this massive undifferentiated cells, it still like retains memories from its caterpillar form. So it, it's presumably has like a continuous consciousness despite being like literally soup inside the, uh, the chrysalis. So it's, that is used as a metaphor in this game for basically like growing up yes, and, and puberty and like all the challenges of being a young adult and trying to find out who you are and figure it out. I feel like it would be super comfy to be soup in a cocoon for a, a, a couple weeks. For a while. Or a month. I don't, I mean, I'm assuming lifespan is short. They don't yeah, they crystallize for more than like a general, week or two. I think only live for around a year usually. Yeah, so that would be pretty cool, I think. But I don't know, maybe not. Who knows? Well, I'll never know. is weird. I'll never know. Um, but it does it does reset um, the natural metamorphosis does reset your morphing clock so you have uh, two hours to get out of the morph uh, if you have to sorry animorphs reference. I was gonna say is that an animorphs thing I never read any of the animorphs books so like I don't <laughs> it's, uh, it's it sounded a, like animorphs it's a so. weird some someone on my Twitter timeline has been talking about animorphs a lot lately so it's been on my mind. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a um, there's a rule in Animorphs where if you stay in a the form of something else for more than two hours, you're trapped there permanently. Well, um, that's not so bad if you are one of the kids with a cool morph like a fucking tiger. But <laughs> well, so in in like the first book, one of the kids gets stuck as a red tail hawk. I mean, uh, that's cool too. Yeah, which is like not the worst, but it also like you know he has to live in the woods and eat rats and things so but also like if, not the i mean if you're a hawk wouldn't rats taste good to you eh, yeah i mean like or the, do you he, do you retain like your full human consciousness well so that's sort of the 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 thing is that you you kind of 
you're kind of both you and the animal. So you, like the kid who gets stuck as a hawk, is kind of uh, he has kind of a shit life. So he sort of sometimes just lets himself go into the hawk instincts, so he doesn't have to like think about his real person life at all. Huh. Um, but yeah, there's a rule that if uh, if it's an animal that undergoes a natural metamorphosis, uh, like the butterfly, that resets the clock. So there's a character who gets stuck as a caterpillar uh, at one point, and then she's able to come back because. She there's a natural metamorphosis and she's able to to get out. Man, that was a that's a retcon if I ever heard one. <laughs> a really convenient retcon there. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's good. I appreciate this anamorphs lore. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, day. deep deep cut anamorphs lore yeah. there for you. I'll take it. Um, that's that's what I was saying to my friend. I'm like, wow, that was a deep cut. And she's like, it's Animorphs. It's from the 90s. Any reference to it is a deep cut. And I'm like, okay, fair. Oh, you're right. That's true. Uh, oh, I don't like but it. But anyway, so, <laughs> butterfly soup is butterfly puberty, and it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so, um... So, after, are... after the playground scene, it's, like, another flashback scene at a baseball game. Yeah, and, a little bit later, presumably. Yeah. And uh, Dia and Min are with Min's family at a baseball game. Also established, like, they became friends because they both like baseball. And they both sort of assumed that they were each the only girl who was into baseball. And they found each other and became best friends after Min gave Dia a sheet of nori. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like... Dia, Dia thinks, like, Min is just the nicest person on Earth, and Min is just, like, the most violent. Yeah, she's, but like... But she's also hyper-protective of Dia. Yeah. yeah so... As you would be, because, like, Dia is a, is a cinnamon roll and needs to be protected. It's true. Um... That's basically, like, the whole the whole reason, like, the people around her are friends is basically having bonded over needing to take care of Dia. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and at this baseball game, you can pet a dog. Uh, yep. Min... Very important. If there is a dog in the game, you should be able to pet at least one dog, and you can pet this dog. Yes. Uh, Min beats up a popcorn seller and steals popcorn from him. Like, like hits him in the nuts with a baseball bat. Yes. That's uh, you do. Yeah. Uh, you do. <laughs> Dia catches a foul ball in the popcorn bucket. And then gives um, it to Min. Yep, they established the metaphor of the knuckleball, mm-hmm. um, which is, as they put it, is sort of like a weird baseball marriage. Um, the uh, so a knuckleball is a is a type of incredibly like crazy and inconsistent uh, pitch, uh, and because it's so hard to to predict, uh, it's very hard for the catcher to catch it. So they were saying like if you have someone on a team who's very good at throwing knuckleballs and you have someone on the team who's very good at catching that knuckleball. Like they said, basically most pitchers who pitch a knuckleball have like a dedicated catcher who just catches for them because like they just specialize in catching this weird knuckleball pitch and they'll often be traded to other teams together and things like that. And I don't know how much of this is accurate. That's how they explain it in the game. (laughs) That's one of those things. It's like, I don't know if that's right. But I don't know anything about baseball either, and it sounds plausible enough, so I'm gonna believe it. Yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff that comes up in the uh, in the game that sounds weird and does end up being accurate. 
Um, like that weird factoid that Akarsha has about like eyeball immunity is actually a true. Oh yeah, thing. that is true. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah. it's basically just establishing another metaphor. And the the guy, so this is just them like overhearing like a dad explaining this uh, to his son, and he he does the dad does refer to it as it's kind of like a weird baseball marriage. Yeah. Um, and then the real like crux of this scene is that uh, Min and her family are moving away to Florida. Yep. And and Min and Dia like establish a pact. Like if if what is it? If if you don't give, give up, up I won't give yeah. Up. I won't yeah. give up if you won't give up and they like vow to see each other again. And if an alligator attacks you in Florida, go for the eyes. Yes, go for the eyes. <laughs> I think that's sage advice. Yeah, that's part of the that's the ending of the pact. Yes. <laughs> it comes up again at the end. Um yeah, so it's really sad um and it's it's also kind of clearly established in both this scene and the previous playground scene that uh like Min has a pretty fierce crush on uh on Dia. Yeah. Yeah. And like they're also they're like teaching each other cuz so uh, Minso is Korean and Dia is Indian, and they're like teaching each other some basic like phrases and counting in each other's languages. Um, and Min teaches Dia to say hi, but she actually teaches her to say I love you instead, and just tells her that's hi. And, and you have the option of of teaching Min to say either hello or what is it? I like to fart. I like to fart. Yeah. Which is absolutely what I went with. I, I went with hi. Does she? I assume the only difference is later when she meets you again, she says, I like to fart yes, at you. Yes, yes. It's good. Um, yeah. So, you know, children antics, as you do when you're like a second grader yeah. or a third grader or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so it's very sad. Uh, they move away. Dia grows up. Flash forward to ninth grade. Um where Dia is going to sort of like a fancy Asian prep school kind of thing. Um, they they apparently live in an incredibly Asian neighborhood in like Oakland, California. And there's like a school there that is not like exclusively Asian kids, but almost entirely Asian kids. Uh, and it's like very competitive and high stress. And there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of um, stuff in this about, sort of the pre the pressure to succeed and to to fit in and you know to be a to be like a not just a good member of society but like the best member of society yeah <clears throat> um and it's it's worse for some characters than others but it's it's clearly present for all of them yeah definitely um, which, I mean, I can't really speak to not having, you know, an Asian American background. They seem, it seems like all of them are like first generation children of immigrants, as far as I can tell. We don't know that much, I guess, about Akarsha, but. Yeah. Other than that she's the person who gets the best grades all the time and acts like she, like, it's never really established whether she actually has to study or not, or whether she's just naturally, like, does really well on tests. I'm assuming that she does actually study, though. Just yeah. Just because of... Not as hard as some of the other characters, though, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, 
then we then we sort of get to know our other characters. So in addition to Minso and Dia, the other two are Noel and Akarsha. Um, <laughs> I think we meet Akarsha first. We do meet Akarsha first. Yeah. I feel like I mean is... Noel is mentioned first. Yeah. 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 Noel is mentioned as like um, she's one of Dia's really good friends, even like in second grade. But Minso doesn't like her because Minso is clearly very jealous that uh, Dia has another close friend. Well, and they're like diametrically opposed. Yeah, just very as different. people. Like Noel is like constantly studying because of her overbearing parents, and yeah, she's she's described very... as the sort of kid who reminds the teacher that there's homework at the yes. end of the day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, if we're going to do that, like, who do you most closely resemble of these characters? I'm probably Noelle. <laughs> like, less angry than Noelle, but that was absolutely who I was in, like, middle and high school. That's fair. Like, hey, hey, teacher, what about the thing you were supposed to assign us? Yeah. Oh. I can't, <laughs> I know. I can't believe you got <laughs> I, I can. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know me. You can see that being me, yeah, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't, I, I want to say I'm like Akarsha, but she's also described as really outgoing, and I guess I have Dia's, like, social anxiety, but I also have Akarsha's, like, uh, I'm afraid of, of failure or being perceived as a failure, so I'll just never commit to anything and just constantly brush it off. Yeah, because if I'm not geez. if I'm not serious about something, then I can't feel like I failed at it, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. So they yeah they all have like so Minso has her like uh, they all have like these weird social problem quirks. So Minso has um, in addition to being like hyper violent, the hyper violence is almost more a reaction. Like Minso has um, these like really strong issues around her gender and gender perception, um, and you know like what toy she gets in the Happy Meal and, you know, like, whether, whether she's allowed to have short hair and things like that. Um, like mean, baseball, etc. It's, it's also revealed later on that she, that her father is, like, physically abusive. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's, she and Jin also have a, yeah, like, an, an abusive dad um, who with serious anger issues. So she probably inherited these serious anger issues. Um, Dia has her, like, crippling social anxiety, Akarsha has, um, like, severe depression that she co covers over with humor, pretty much. Yep. Um, and, and a fear of failure such that she, like, you know, doesn't want to appear to take anything seriously in case it means that she might fail at it. Um, and then uh, Noelle, who's the last one, has, um, like, basically anxiety about success because like her parents basically force her to do nothing but study um yeah. and she's you know so she's very kind of just uptight and uh and tightly wound and and has a lot of anxiety around that yeah like i think the first scene from noel is like uh a bad dream where you're like in a math class and you can't read any of the problems on the test yeah which is <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, you know, like, kind of too real in certain ways, but it's good. It's well written. Um, and it, it feels, uh, it feels, it feels real. 
I can't, I also, I'm, I'm still, like, fast-forwarding through this. I can't believe that it's, like, it's, it, it, you know, implicitly stated that Noel also plays violin, but it's never brought up mm-hmm. in, any, in any other context. That's, 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 a, that's a true thing, too. I remember, like, auditioning for Allstate every year in high school, and, like, half of the people auditioning for uh, strings and orchestra were all Asian kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that? It's, it's, it's just such it's a... It's considered, like, a, you know, a high-class and elegant talent to have to be able to play, like, a stringed instrument. I guess that's true. Also, stringed instruments... Uh, I, I know this because I played the flute, and it's the same thing with the flute. It's They're really hard to play because you can't see what notes you're playing with your hands mm-hmm. because they're out of your field of vision. I'm, I'm pretending to hold up a flute to my face <laughs> right now. Uh, I also played the flute in the Oh, nice. High five flute playing. Flute bros. <laughs> Let's go saxophone. My sister played nice. saxophone. All the cool kids played saxophone, yeah, Carl. I, I can't sax- believe you're so sax cool. Sax is a much cooler <laughs> instrument than the flute. Saxophone yep. is a garbage instrument. <laughs> the, the, the end theme of Castlevania Symphony of the Night would beg to disagree with you. But, <laughs> yes. um, There's no way to play a saxophone quiet. No, but you can be, like, super sultry with it. Yeah. Yeah, Carl. Why, why, don't you, why don't you bust out the sex appeal? <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, trying to get a saxophone mute. But how do they Do they exist? They exist, oh, but okay. it's basically a case you wrap around the entire thing. What? And you put your hands in. Hang on! And it's super expensive. Hang on, I gotta look this up. <laughs> um... Whoa! That's that's like a cocoon. I know. It sounds su- like it looks super <laughs> awful to play with. Oh my gosh, that's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know this exa- Like I thought it would be like like a trumpet mute where you just put it in the end, and it. Oh no. <laughs> oh, man, this is a real. This is a really unfocused episode. I feel bad, but. Who cares? Also, uh, we do have to we do have to make sure we stay on track though, because I do have a hard out today. At a oh time. yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So so where were we? Uh, you meet Akarsha. Like you 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 get back to present day. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna establish one more character trait mm-hmm. that d- is descriptive of Noel. Noel is also incredibly physically feeble. Oh yes, that's that's She's an like, important. She can't one. open water bottles by herself. Yeah, that's like the daily thing, is that uh, Dia has to open her bottle of water. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so so Akarsha comes to pick uh, Dia up in the morning. Akarsha is established, like, initially as, like, you know those people that you just become friends with because you just see them so often? Yeah. Um, And I can see that because, like, as much as I found Akarsha, like, hilarious to read... Um, I feel like I would be annoyed to be friends with her, which is another point in, like, the Noel book for me. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, actually, since I just fast-forwarded through this scene, this is a good, a good character moment. You first encounter Akarsha as, like, on, on your, whatever, chat program on your computer, and she asks, hey, Dia, do you like Pringles? And if you say yes, then she signs off. 
and you walk out your front door, and there's a single Pringle laying on, on, your, on your sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, her, her opening character moments are actually very good, because then, like, I think the next thing that happens is she tells you about, like, eye immunity, and how there's, like, this weird thing where, like, the your, your eye has, uh... I forget what the technical term is, but basically it's on like a different immune system than the rest of your body. Because if your normal immune system got to the eye, then it would like rip apart your eye. Um, <clears throat> and Dia's like, I don't believe you because you just always lie about stuff. Yeah. There's also the conversation about like if if you if there was a tiny like two inch tall man, would, <laughs> would you, you yeah. would you eat it? For a, would you eat him for a hundred million dollars? For a hundred million dollars, would you eat a two a, a living two inch tall man? <laughs> That's the kind of thing that Akarsha asks. So yeah. Akarsha is sort of like the class clown slash like incredibly weeaboo. Yeah, and uh, has like a a friendly rivalry sort of. It's not really a rivalry with Noel, but it's like she. They Akarsha, each other yeah, back and forth. And, like, Akarsha intentionally acts as dumb as she can around Noel, knowing that Noel is incapable of not correcting, like, incorrect yeah. statements. So. Yep. And, uh, and, like, Noel clearly, would, like, we find out later, Noel clearly, like, knows and understands that Akarsha is actually very smart um, mm-hmm. and is just putting this on as, like, an effect. Uh, and we also find out that, like, Akarsha is always one of the top-scoring people on tests. Yeah. Because it's the sort of school where they post the top ten test scores outside the classroom. Yep. I have... Does any school actually do that? I mean, I I guess so. And I guess I, like, <laughs> this is gonna... This is gonna further out me as a big dumb weeb. But that's, like, a big thing in every uh, Persona game. Yeah, I think it is a common thing in like Japan. I don't yeah. think it's a very common thing in the U.S. Well, yeah, I don't think, but I I could understand it being like a a yeah, prep school it's like that an Asian prep is, school. That yeah, is, yeah, I could see that being the case there as well. But oh, I don't know. I've never encountered it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, most modern schools you could kind of you could probably get in trouble for doing stuff like that. Yeah. Because there's things about, you know, like it's it's sensitive information and you're not supposed to share that kind of thing. Yeah. In, in I'm sure places. I'm sure you could get around it by like posting the scores with a student ID rather than with a name. Yeah, that could be. And and it it actually might have been that because they do mention something about like, oh, let me look up your school ID or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's who, who knows. I'm I'm weirdly inclined to grant this game a lot of leeway uh, in terms of like believing the stuff it says because so much of the writing is is detailed in a way that feels like either uh, it's just very very well written or it some of it comes from like personal anecdote that's just been like altered slightly. Yeah, I got that impression a couple times and I'm not sure if it's accurate or not, um, but. Things like the the Asian kids like not believing that like white people exist in America because they grew up in uh, in an all Asian neighborhood like that sounded to me like actually a conversation that probably happened somewhere. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Let's see what's next. Uh, they go to lunch after the test scores are posted. A strange girl 
comes up to Dia after Noel and Akarsha leave and is asking her to sign some thing for some club. Uh, also established at some point before this and also during this scene, uh, Dia's deaf in one ear, I think her right ear. So Yeah, that... and that's part of where her social anxiety comes from is she has a hard time hearing people sometimes and yeah. understanding what they're saying. And so she like doesn't know how to respond to them. Yeah. Um, so that's linked to her uh, to her social anxiety. Yeah. And a uh, mysterious girl comes up asking her to sign some kind of papers for some kind of club, but she, like, doesn't, she can't make out. It's not even some kind of club. It's, like, some some kind of papers for some, it seems like cause. And I know when I played it, so as they go to school, they also encounter a bunch of, like, Prop 8 protesters, which was the mm. big California gay marriage bill. This takes place in, like, 2008, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Because um, they also mentioned that Obama just got elected, so yeah, that's the big, the big one yeah. too. Yeah, so like the I I was worried when they there was a the thing about signing the paper. I'm like, oh shoot, she's not like gonna like get me to sign a like pro prop eight thing, and then later I'm gonna somebody's gonna bring that up, and I'm gonna be like, no, I just didn't know what it was. I didn't even consider that. Oh my gosh, you're right. Wow. <laughs> I guess I dodged a bullet because that's not what it ended up being. <laughs> so I did not sign the paper. Did you sign the paper? Yeah, I signed the paper. Signing someone's yeah, paper is like the best way to get someone off your back if they approach you with a piece of paper that they want yeah. you to sign. It's you, like, oh, I guess. If you don't sign the paper, you just run away. That's fair. Which um, is how Dia handles uncomfortable social situations, is yeah. she runs, sometimes multiple miles. Yeah. That that's such a foreign concept to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see. Then Noel yeah. is sick, and so you, you also hear rumors. I think at this point about like there's a new transfer student who's like a delinquent. Yeah, somewhere and around at, there. From a meta narrative, you go, oh, that's clearly going to be Minso, but obviously they don't know that. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I feel like not even from a meta narrative perspective. It's like they explicitly state like there's a delinquent student who knifed someone, and it's like wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't Dia be like that? Sounds mighty familiar. Hmm. Well, yeah. But maybe not. I mean, she has no reason to think that. I guess like yeah. so is is back. So yeah, you're right. Um, let's see. Okay, and then Noel is sick. And she, like, can't make it to gym class, but she's worried that if she doesn't go to gym class, she'll it'll hit her grade and affect her GPA. Uh, and then Akarsha uh, hacks the fire alarm to play the Super Mario theme. To get them out of gym class. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And then they, yeah, so they all gather out on the, uh, like, the track where they're supposed to go for their fire emergency, like, drill stuff. And Dia catches, like, a glimpse of Minso, but then thinks that she imagined it. Yes. Uh, and I think, like, that's near, nearly or at the end of, uh, of Dia's story, isn't it? I or is there more Dia stuff? I think so. I'm... Oh, I... uh, there's maybe the whole baseball team sign up. Uh, oh, there's another flashback. Uh, okay. It's the flashback where uh, you're hanging out with Min. Also, also, it's established that uh, your parents and Min's parents don't like either of either of them hanging out together. Like, so they kind of have to hang out 
Uh, yeah, Secret. Dia's parents think Min's weird because she's dresses like a boy and wears her hair like a boy, and so she's not an appropriate, you know, appropriate company for Dia or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know if if there's ever a justification for Min's parents, but either way, um, I well, they can't be that against Dia because like Min's dad does take her to that baseball game. Oh, you know, mm. I think it might just be a one way thing the other yeah. direction. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, anyway. Min ends up taking Dia to a dog park. As, like, a date. <laughs> They're in, like, third grade, so yeah. it's very cute. Um, and you can play... You can go to the big dog side or the small dog side. I went to the small dog side. I went to the small dog side. I'm at the big dog side right now. It's... The exact same thing, basically. You play frisbee with, big, a, with a dog. Dogs. Yeah, there's just... There's just a different picture and slightly different dialogue. Okay. Um, God, there's some cute dogs. But yeah, so Dia is absolutely in heaven because dogs. Um, and they, they, they establish that, like, Min has, like, an offhand comment of, like, uh, oh yeah, I found this place when I ran away from home. And Dia's like, oh yeah, Min ran away from home the other day because they tried to make her eat a tomato. <laughs> um, and, like, later on, I wonder if that's actually what happened. Yeah. Because, That's like, true. I accepted that at face value at the time because Min is just so contentious. Like, she easily would have done something like that. Um, but you do later on learn that, like, their dad, like, screams and throws things and, like, breaks things and, and probably beats them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not uh, it's not a happy home environment. Yeah. So it, it's entirely possible she ran away for other reasons. Yeah. Also... I guess that 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 sequence with the dog park was also a dream, like a dream memory, because then it ends up yeah. with Dia waking up again, and she's wondering and, and realizing she's a lesbian. Yeah, she's like that was actually like really romantic and maybe kind of a date. Was and am I I'm... am I a lesbian? A lesbian? <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yep. So, um. Then another, like, walking to school with Akarsha. Eventually, at some point, they, like, sign up for the baseball club. Oh, no, my computer's making noise. Sorry, you can't hear it, but the podcast can. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, wait, I can edit that out now because we use the different recorder. Well, now I know for the future that I don't have to call attention to it and I can just edit it out. (laughs) If you remember where it is. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah. there's There's a lot of fun... Like Akarsha Noel pranks. <laughs> Akarsha calls Noel the Frenchman yes. for whatever reason. It's because Noel is a French name. Yeah, because Noel is a French name. Um, and Noel did a thing like I, she like sewed a security tag into Akarsha's backpack so that every time she like went in or out of the library, it would set off the alarm. Yeah, that's a good prank, by the way. Yeah, they talk about like buying a, a rose to make uh, Akarsha think she has a secret admirer um, but they don't end up actually going through with that which is good because that's kind of I feel like on the too mean side of like kid, you know pranks like that's getting to be just like straight up bullying yeah a little bit it's it's like it's on the line yeah I, it would it would really depend on like who the friend is that you're that you're doing this prank to, and I think 
I think in this case it would be okay, but like a more sensitive friend, you probably wouldn't want to do that to. Yeah. <clears throat> but then again, it's also hard to tell how sensitive Akarsha actually is because she puts up a lot of like goofball front to avoid like being real about her emotions with people. That is true. So that could have been like a terrible disaster, but in the end they decide that it's too much money and they don't want to spend the money on a prank. So yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, I guess, like, Noel and Diane knows Akarshi better than we do. Presumably, yeah, yeah. so maybe. Maybe they'd be okay. Uh, um, so then at the end of the day, they go to the baseball club. Yeah. <laughs> and So here's where things get fun. Yeah, so uh, Dia doesn't want to go alone. And... So yeah, Noelle agrees yeah. to come to like basically babysit her emotionally since she has such trouble talking to people, mm-hmm. um, and which she does. Like they do an icebreaker, like everybody go around the circle and introduce yourself, and like on Dia's turn, she literally just runs away. Yes. To be fair, that's a I hate those kinds of stupid fucking icebreakers. <laughs> Goddamn. Like name grade and one fact about yourself is not too bad. It's just okay. it's bad. It's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's it's not bad in that like I can't handle it because of my anxiety. It's bad because it's like man who cares? Like this is this is the least organic way to get to know somebody. <laughs> yeah. You just say your name and get people talking. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um so you meet the other members of the baseball club, which is pretty great. Um so the the team captain is a senior named Krissa. She's kind of like no not exactly no nonsense. She's uh she's actually pretty cheerful, but she's also like, you know, responsible cuz she's a senior. Uh and then like Liz, one of the few white kids in the school who's Liz, like the second in command. Yeah, Liz who was the person who a mysterious person who came up to you with the the sheet design. And they're they're debating like whether the name Liz is short for something. Um, because apparently, like, they are unfamiliar with the name Elizabeth, I guess? Yeah. So, I think the the contenders were Lisbian and Lizard Man. <laughs> yeah. This is mostly Akarsha's, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, monologue. So, this is the kind of thing that Akarsha tends to, 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 to talk and think about when left to her own devices. Um, yeah. And then there's three other members who are just weeaboos, including two of them who don't give their real names. They just call themselves Sakura and Yuki. Yeah. Even though they're clearly not Japanese. Yeah. There's Sakura and Yuki and then uh, Esther, who, like, uh, Esther has, like, the coolest character design, and I wish we saw more of her, but we just don't. Yeah, we know almost nothing about her, other than she considers herself a weeaboo, but she's slightly less weeaboo than the other two. Yeah. They do some, like, really, uh, really, like, despicable butchering of Japanese. Like, they introduce themselves, like, uh, Watashi wa am in ninth grade or something. Yes. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And they, they do the, um, oh. It, like, it was a meme a while back to take, like, Japanese phrases and mix them with the English equivalent. So, like, Nani the fuck, or, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh oh, 
what was the one? I think the one in, that ends up in the game is like Ohio goes good morning. Good morning. Ohio yeah, Ohio goes good morning. Um, so that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like cringy in that way that like is a little bit too close to home from from my own middle school days, you know. <laughs> I feel it. I, I don't think I ever did, like, the actual, like, Japanese grammar thing, but I definitely did, you know, like, ohayo gozaimasu as, like, a greeting to emails for with friends who were also into anime and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, God, yeah. I forgot that uh, Sakura is wearing a bleach t-shirt and Yuki is wearing, like, a Japanese schoolgirl uniform. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. that's them. <laughs> so, yeah, so that happens. Uh, and then it becomes uh, Dia's turn to introduce. Uh, Noel, by the way, is like Noel and Akarsha are both there. Noel is like determined, like, oh, I don't need to introduce myself because I'm not actually going to be joining the team. I'm just here for Dia. Um, <laughs> very, very insistent about that. Um, and yeah, then it becomes Dia's turn to introduce herself, and she freaks out so much that she just runs away and runs into the locker room. Yes. Uh, and that's where she slams face first into uh, Minso, who's back. Yes. And then and then there's an altercation. Yeah, and then Noelle comes in, and then uh, Akarsha comes in, <laughs> leading to one of the most batshit scenes in the game. Yes. Uh... Uh, so Minso and Akarsha, like... I, I immediately thought to myself, like, oh, shit, those two are going to actually get along really well. But they start off with a fight um, because Minso is, like, off balance by not knowing who this is. And it's someone close to Dia. Mm -hmm. um, and so and also Minso has a switchblade. Yeah. A butterfly knife, because of course she does. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so so she ends up fighting with Akarsha, and Akarsha's defense is to put her hand in her pants and then smear period blood on Minso. Yes. Which, which at least earns Minso's respect for being an utterly insane thing to do. Yes. Which, this also feels to me like a Tumblr post. Like, if not something that actually happened, something that someone would suggest on Tumblr. Like, hey, you know what would be, like, the freakiest thing you could possibly do in a fight? Yeah. Oh, boy. Even I was just like, oh, no, that's... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not what I want to... Not that's what I want to nope. think about. Nope. Yeah. But, hey, it works, and everyone ends up basically friends. Except for yeah. Noel. Yeah. <laughs> and then the... Chris and Liz come in and go, what, what is going on and why are you covered in blood? Yep. Um, yeah, so they all sort of become friends. Um, much to uh, Noelle's, like, um, <laughs> like distraught reaction, uh, it turns out Minso and Akarsha actually do hit it off. Oh yeah, the, cool. the, the exact line that Min says is, uh, you're the worst scum ever, let's be friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, Min, it's also, like, sort of established, Min is kind of, like, really dumb. Yes. I mean, like, in a, in a somewhat endearing way, but she's, like, not a smart character. Yeah. I think, I think they establish it by saying she once carved her name into a desk in elementary school and couldn't figure out how they caught her. 
Yeah, how they knew yeah. it was her. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, she's she's nice and very loyal, but uh, maybe nice is the wrong word. She's very loyal when she likes you. She's yeah. a good friend. Um, but but yeah. you gotta you gotta become the friend first, and yeah. that's the hard part. Uh, yeah, all right. So, so that's... Then, then I think we switch to Baseball. Noel. Uh, yes. oh, yeah, they do, they do make Noel go outside on the field, despite her not wanting to. The the way they get everybody out on the field is they put um, Noel's uh, backpack and uh, Minso's knives up on a high shelf where they can't get them, so they have to come outside and play baseball. Yes. Um, and yeah, and then I think we switch over to Noel. Yes, and it's the Noel dream flashback where she has a nightmare that she can't like understand the questions on her test yeah and dia gives her a stuffed snake yeah on the playground as like a present even though like it's very much not a noel kind of thing she still like really appreciates it because it's a gift from from dia but like then and then you see her home life so like you only see the the home lives really of noel and um Minso, but they are rough. Mm-hmm. The, they do the thing where the parents like are sort of in silhouette, so you can't really see their faces. But they are like not good parents. Um, Noelle's parents are the brand of bad that's like just hyper competitive, trying to live through their kid, like trying to make sure that Noelle like succeeds at everything. And her mom's always like. Hey, you know, I just found this article today about this kid who got accepted into every Ivy League school, and if he can do it, why can't you do it? I'm going to post this article on your wall so you can use it as inspiration. Yeah. Um, and she, like, yells at her about the snake because she's like, that's stupid and impractical. And, like, um, once she says, once you've made a friend, you should do the absolute minimum amount necessary to maintain that friendship so that you can focus your energy on other things. Yeah, and she says, like, you know, your friends will all abandon you. The only people you can trust are your family. Yeah. Which, boy, is that not accurate, but... Yeah. You know, whatever whatever it takes to uh, emotionally manipulate your children, I guess. Yeah. It's it's not fun. And, and, like, Noelle is clearly miserable. And even when she, you know, like, thinks she's done every possible, like, thing that she can do to... to you know, work hard. Her mom always finds something else for her to do. Like, oh, you're done reading this year's textbooks twice? Well, then I'll buy you next year's textbooks so you can start on those. Yeah. Um, they do a very good, like, a cute... It's a little on the nose, um, but I still found it pretty resonant um, where she's... You you have to do, like, a reading comprehension section on the Aesop fable about the, the sour grapes, the fox and the grapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Minso's brother and his friend are playing badminton out on the uh, out on the driveway, and like it's literally like she's like, oh, I I don't need to do that. That sounds dumb anyway. So she's like literally doing the sour grapes thing. Yeah. Like they'll as she's reading this. They'll like they'll regret it when they'll regret all this time they've spent on playing when they like have to go to community college and work minimum wage at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a good segment. I liked it. Like it is really on the nose, but also, you know, it, it, works. it works. Yeah, <laughs> it works. It doesn't feel like crappy and forced. Yeah. Um. 
So that's sad. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we jump back, I think, to present day, and they make them play baseball. And we just learn about, like, knuckleballs and stuff. And we yeah. learn that, uh, you know, um, Dia is the only person who can catch Minso's knuckleball. Mm -hmm. Also, <laughs> it's it's pretty great to have Noel in here as a character who needs the rules of baseball explained to her. <laughs> yeah. As like, I mean, I, I played softball for a time, so I, I know the rules, but it's like, if this had been a game about football, man, I nearly, <laughs> yeah. nearly 30 years old and I have no fucking clue how football works. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but like, it's, it's Fair good enough. to have that oblivious character in there who doesn't know the rules. So the, there's like an organic way of explaining yeah how baseball how, works and what everything is and and yeah and there's like some really helpful information that i i feel like i don't remember precisely but i feel like there was stuff in there that i didn't know where i'm like oh yeah that's good to know that that's why that's that way well there's 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 a part where they're playing against uh another team from another school which it happens that i think it's june and uh hayden are on that team and they just have like an informal game against them but they they fake them out by pretending that the ball, like, that they have the ball and they're, like, actually tagging them out. But then it turns out that they didn't have the ball. And that's perfectly legal to, like, use deception yeah, to convince... Yeah, it is apparently called a deke, short yeah. for a decoy. Yeah, to, like, and it's, it's legal if you deceive the other team into believing that they're out. Like, I had no idea that was that was legal yeah. but i guess it it's, is yeah it's not and it's not like it it actually counts as an out but if they like abandon their run because they thought they were out then that counts as out. yeah so, so yeah learning yeah things i didn't know about baseball yeah um there's also there's a segment in here and i'm not sure if it's right right around here or if it's uh much later but where they're they're all talking on instant messenger about baseball yeah, let me. Uh, Akarsha's trying to come up with like improvements to baseball, <laughs> such as snapping the bat in half and dual wielding the two halves. Yes. Which is like my favorite thing. Yeah, there's also a line where Akarsha's like, you know what? How about we play baseball, but everyone gets a brick, and what you do with the brick is up to you. It's like baseball <laughs> <Yeah>. without <laughs> limits. Yep. Yeah, Akarsha has some of the best lines. She's incredibly funny. Yes. Um, God, what happens next? This is where it's like it starts to blur together to, for me a little bit in yeah. terms of. I'm I'm trying to fast forward, but I've got so many choices that I'm still <laughs> on the baseball team or the baseball. The oh, initial yeah, baseball a, scene. There is a section in the baseball scene where you can choose whether or not to laugh at Chris's bad puns. Yes. I did choose not to laugh. Um, <laughs> but she you gets don't sad. Courage, there's a there's a thing later where she like misses a catch because she's like still bummed out that you didn't laugh at her joke. Yeah. Uh okay, then we after that scene, then we get back to Noelle's house and Noelle's mom is being terrible and yeah so then they're in I am and they're talking and Noelle's mom like walks in and it's like what are you doing talking to your friends you can't like trust your friends all you need is you know to study uh and and that is what eventually convinces Noelle to say like I'm gonna go behind my parents back and 
enjoy the baseball team. team. Yeah, <laughs> just to just to fuck with them because screw them. And they and she tells her mom that she's like tutoring someone for extra credit. Yeah. Uh, 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 during that time slot. And Min also tells her parents the same thing, but that she's being tutored because yeah. she can't play baseball because baseball's a boy sport. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, the text, the, the I am segment is also where the, the phrase shut the fuck out <laughs> instead of shut the fuck up is coined, also, which there, is good. Isn't, isn't there one later like shut your fuck up? Yes. Yeah. I think that's Minso, who's always, like, slightly mincing the oaths. Yes. Uh, let's see. They're in I Am. They're dunking on Noelle. Uh, they're... <laughs> Akarsha is coming up with her plan to break the bats in half and dual-wield them. Now they're talking about replacing Dia's bones with synthetic ones and oh, nanomachines. Yeah. And they get into talking about nanomachines and nanocars, which I did, uh... No, I didn't look up. They post, like, the wiki article thing. And then they post, like, the the cyborg artist yes. picture guy of a guy who has, like, a weird little antenna, like, surgically in his head uh, yes. that he got in 2004 as, like, an art project. Yes. That uh, since, lets him see more colors or something. Since 2004, British artist Neil Harbison has a cyborg antenna implanted in his skull that allows him to extend his perception of colors beyond the human visual spectrum through vibrations in his skull. His antenna was included within his 2004 passport photo, which has been claimed to confirm his cyborg status. Uh, and then they dunk on that guy for a while. Because he looks so ridiculous with his little, like, anglerfish antenna. Yes. They're like, aren't so... Like, cyborgs are supposed to look cool and futuristic. This guy looks like a dumbass with a bad haircut. Yes. <clears throat> Uh, oh, this is where Noelle's mom comes in and, uh, yeah. and is basically saying, like, are you talking to that Akarsha girl who almost beats you in your scores all the time? Like, you need to understand that everyone's competition and when she gets yeah. into MIT and you don't, do you think she'll care? Like, you can't, you yeah, can't trust your friends. Yeah, she's not going to be sad over you and, like, she, she's not your friend. She's just trying to lull you into a false sense of security. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that scene. Let's, uh... And then it switches to Akarsha. Okay. I feel like Akarsha is the person we sort of learned the least about. Um, because we, we know, like, we do learn that she's depressed, but we don't really learn that much about sort of her home life or how, you know, like, where her anxiety comes from that much. Yeah, and I think part of that is I don't think they knew her in like elementary school i think yeah she we don't have flashbacks for her yeah so. uh, um akarsha's great though she knows lots of like weird facts about things and she's like really funny even if she's just doing it to like cover up her own depression she's still like i think my favorite line of hers is um from the baseball club when she appears like for the baseball club sign ups <laughs> back by unpopular demand me yes um so the beginning of the akarsha segment is the one where we concretely place ourselves in time obama has been elected and prop 8 has passed to uh ban gay marriage yeah so that's where we are how, how did prop 8 happen in California. 
I know. So it's it's, yeah. it's a contentious state, and it was like it happened, uh, and then it was like overturned by the courts, and then that's the thing that went basically all the way to the Supreme Court that resulted in gay marriage just being universally legal in the states. Yeah. Um, because of that, can that thing because it was it was in response to a thing that had already been done to legalize gay marriage so akarsh is not wrong it is sort of a step backwards yeah um at that point it was a weird thing that happened yeah i just remember like after that like after that passed then one of the first states to make it legal was iowa which is the state that i'm from and it's like iowa really (laughs) but iowa 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 actually uh, I don't know if it still is. I haven't been there in a long time. But Iowa is surprisingly liberal. Uh, I've been told the way <laughs> the way it has been explained to me is that Iowa is a state where smart people go when they want to be left alone. I see. So that makes some amount of sense, given that I grew up there. Like, I could yep. see it. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What happens then? Then... There's, also, there's a lot of weird if i bet it was like in part a gerrymandering thing because there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in u.s politics where um the cities get very liberal and then the countryside gets incredibly conservative and the uh the politicians draw up the voter maps of like which mm-hmm. regions because it's it's done by population like so like a region that has this many people gets one representative um but so they they try and shape the regions in yeah. the most like convoluted back baking breaking spirals to try and shift the numbers so that like the population numbers even but like there's one district that gets all the liberal voters and then all the other districts are primarily conservative so even though there's more liberals than conservatives like the the liberal votes count let like it's a stupid stupid yeah. thing gerrymandering it's, is like the I mean, one of the like worst things weird. in, in american stupid, politics but it's also not that bad because it allows uh like like uh isn't like a latino population if it's in one area it secures they have a representative yeah yeah um, but it's I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with it, and it, it leads to a lot of voter yeah. suppression also. In because if you know that like one district is like going to be the district that might unseat you, you can like fuck with the elections in that district, which happened this year in Georgia. Yeah. Um. Or this the the not this year I guess last year the midterm elections. Midterm, yeah. Um. There was like one district where like the governor like didn't assign anyone to to run any of the polling places so like most of them were just closed mm-hmm. <laughs> and like just never opened and it's like really blatant election interference um that's per- like super targeted it's it's not good yeah. um but anyway <laughs> not to get too deep into, into american the, game. the, the <laughs> yeah. weird shit of american politics uh yeah. yes then they are in the locker room and they're all wearing their little baseball uniforms. Also, it's I they're didn't the monarchs. I didn't notice this the first time around. The uh, one of the two weeb girls uh, has a headscarf, and it's like red in the first scene. But then in the next scene, we see her when they're all wearing their baseball uniforms. It is now purple, and it matches the yeah. baseball uniform. Keep yeah, touch. she has a, she has a hijab, and it's uh, she she yeah she matches it for the fashion to match the baseball uniforms. Um, it's great. 
so then you're trying to uh that, that's sakura right yes that's sakura and their names are always in quotes whenever they appear because <laughs> yes. that's clearly not their names yeah um and then there's a big debate about what are we going to name our team i actually um there's there's like a conversation about how well global warming is the most threatening team name because global warming can take out anything yeah, um, it's unstoppable and inevitable. And Dia keeps suggesting food names. So he- yeah. here are all of the names because I stopped on this choice. <laughs> yeah, this is what you can name your baseball team. Uh, bagels, chicken nuggets, global warming, death bagels, and my personal favorite, the semes, which is uh, uh, a seme is in, uh, in, in Yaoi. The seme is the the top, I yeah. think. Yeah, the semi is the top, is top, and the the uke is the bottom. Yeah, uh, and that's what I named my team, and I'm naming yeah. my team the semis again. <laughs> I went with global warming because I, 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 I really like that as a joke. I had a hard choice between global warming and death bagels. <laughs> death bagels is also pretty good. Yeah, uh, I went know, global you... warming, and then I went back and changed it to death bagels. That's yeah. fair. The um, the 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 uniforms do say the monarchs. The idea is, I guess, that the school used to have a baseball team, um, and then they just don't like anymore because the funding for it got cut. Yeah. Um, presumably because it's like a, a highly academic focused school. They also don't ever really explain why the team is entirely women. Um, someone like says like oh you did you only ask women and they're like no only women were interested so i don't know what the deal is and they just like they hang a lampshade on it but they don't explain it at all i wondered if it was because if it was supposed to be some comment on like because they're called the monarchs and their like logo is a butterfly it was like considered a girly thing or something i don't know look i've watched a lot of venture brothers monarch butterflies are intensely masculine (laughs) yeah uh no um yeah I, I actually I sort of forgot about that plot point. Again, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll accept that. Whatever. Yep. It's fine. fine. It serves the narrative. It's good. It's great. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, so then they they are preparing to play a match against another school, like a casual game against another school's team. Uh, Dia and Min disappear. Wait, is it Dia yep. and Min or is it... Yeah, it's Dia yeah, and Min. Yeah, it's Dia and Min. And Akash is like, they're doing it! <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so then you have a little segment where you have to, like, e- explore the school and find them. And I think you find you find Min in the auditorium because that's where the, like, gender-neutral bathroom is. Yeah, and that's the sort of, like, one indication that, like, maybe Min is actually... I mean, maybe... It's not the one, but it's the strongest indication that maybe Min is actually trans. Mm-hmm. Um, is because she's she gets like really defensive about using the uh, the gender neutral restroom. Yeah, and Akarsha goes in there and she's like, "How is this so perfect and pristine? Like, there's no blood or pee anywhere. Like the girls' bathrooms, which I'll give her that. Women's restrooms in public places are almost uniformly disgusting. Uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in men's bathrooms, so I can't really I don't have a basis for comparison. But I assume they're similar. Yeah, if not worse. Um. And you find Dia running on the track. She ran three miles because she was nervous about the game. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not doing it. They're, in fact, not even, like, together. You find them in different places. Yeah. 
Um, and that's this is sort of like where you um, you learn about uh, Akarsha's depression because she's like she's in the gym and she's just shouting things for the echo. Mm-hmm. And so she because she's by herself, she shouts some things that are like a little more revealing than she otherwise would. Yeah. But that's like really pretty much all the insight you get into Akarsha, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, she's she's still a pretty interesting character, I think. She's she's still got a lot of depth in spite of that. It's just like slightly less compared to the other 3. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just fast-forwarding through these scenes. I would like to know more about uh, Akarsha's parents. Uh, Akarsha, by the way, is also Indian, they establish, um, although she and uh, Dia are from different parts of India. One of them is northern and one of them is southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast-forwarding. See, it's hard because I can't fast-forward through the segments where they let you like walk around. Uh, mm, which is... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to go through the whole uh, find find everybody bit locker room. Um, yeah. No, it's, and I actually I actually really appreciated having that walking around segment because it it's you know, there's a lot of reading and it's nice to have like a little opportunity for interaction. Yeah, it's a good it's a good way of breaking up the the regular visual novel format. Mm-hmm. Also this is the part where we find out that Krissa a little insight into Krista. She's like really worried that if we split up to look for Min and Dia, uh, someone's gonna get caught by a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, because you should never split up because that's when they get you. Yeah. There wasn't there something else that like Liz says in their introductions where she says like Krista like stays up to watch horror movies and then is too afraid to yeah. go to sleep or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, hang on. We're gonna find out what this guy's name is. It's For Hayden. Real. It's Hayden. I mean, is it yeah, Hayden? like Carl has been very definitive that it is Hayden. <laughs> You're probably right, but like not not having the text and like not knowing it for sure <laughs> is just you. bothering me. Like I need I need yeah, you, confirmation. Yeah, you, actually, you actually don't find out his name until this far into the game. Hayden. Because we were prior, right. <laughs> prior to that, he's listed as the dragon in the previous scene. Yeah. So. Um. So they. They play baseball, and I think, I think they tie, or I think they, they win. might win it. They, they yeah, win. they win at the very they last second. They win like zero to two because, like, in the last inning, um, someone they, someone they gets do the a decoy. run. Uh, no, they do the decoy like before that to get the previous team out, and I forget like Minso or someone um, oh no it's because on the last inning um, Junso gets uh, dust in his contact and can't oh. pitch anymore so they put Hayden on the mound who has literally never pitched before <laughs> so uh, one of them gets a hit off and then Dia comes on and even though they try to walk her she gets a hit and uh, so they score two runs and they win yeah yep they win the game I gotta uh, say, as a side note, um, even, th- like, I really like how focused this game is, uh, in terms of, I was worried it was gonna be one of those, like, everybody has to get paired off sort of things, yeah. where it's like, oh, you know, like, everybody's in a couple, but it's really, it's just a, a about the characters growing up, and there's a romance between, um, Minso and Dia. That said, there are a lot of very shippable side characters, <laughs> 
Like, I feel like Krissa and Liz are a great example of that. Yes. It's like, you could easily ship them because they clearly know each other really well. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they have you very... need to ship someone? Well, they, they have very complementary personalities. I feel like they would work well together. Um, I also think... Uh, uh, God, what guy name that we keep saying? Hayden. 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 I keep wanting to say Hayden, who's the composer. <laughs> um, Hayden. Uh, hey, I feel like Hayden and Jinso a little bit. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So they win the game. And then for, to, for whatever reason, to add insult to injury, they decide uh, as the boys are leaving in their van, they, uh, they take a pad and pour Gatorade on it and throw it into the van because they know that will upset the boys. Yellow flavor Gatorade, even. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which, Which I mean, that's is dumb but accurate. It's dumb but super accurate. Like, uh, teenage boys are so terrified of unused, uh, like period Seven products. Product. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's unreal. Uh, Carl, how do you feel about an unused pad? No thanks. Okay. Uh, the theory holds water. <laughs> <laughs> so does the pad. Um, yeah, and it works. Uh, they get freaked out. <laughs> One of them, I think, tries to climb out the window. Yeah, and that's the end of the scene. Uh, let's see. Then uh, they they find out there's a there's a caterpillar. Did we talk about the caterpillar? There's a caterpillar yeah. that uh, that Dia has found uh, previously, and they name it uh, an anime name. Based on what you choose from a list. I think I named mine uh, Miles Tails Edgeworth. Yeah, um, yeah, they're all they're all like anime, basically names. Uh, and then in, after the baseball game, they find out that the caterpillar has formed a chrysalis, and they talk about like actually, yeah, yeah, and like actually they'll like their memories are maintained, blah blah blah. And then Dia tells Akarsha, "Look, I think I'm into girls. I think I'm a lesbian." And Akarsha's like, "Well, no shit." <laughs> yeah. Like, duh, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, also, which... I'm bi. Yeah. And, and Dia's like, what? And Akarsha's like, I literally like flirt in front of you all the time. I have literally flirted with you. Like, how yeah. did you not notice this? Yep. And and um, the the line from the game that we all love: I tell gay jokes because I am a gay joke. Yeah. Uh, which is the line that actually got me to play this game. Yeah. Uh, because I got into this from a, a Twitter thread on people posting, like, their favorite, most memorable quotes from games. And someone posted that one, and I'm like, that sounds, um, like, hilarious. What is that from? And they're like, oh, it's called Butterfly Soup, and you should totally play it. So that's how we got here, is that quote. Yep. Uh... So then it switches to Min, and this is where we see Min, like, in a dress with like a pink dress yeah. with long hair and she's talking about like how much of a pain in the ass it is to have to deal with your hair with having long hair yeah. yeah i gotta say like min's backstory i was just like constantly angry like yeah. i really felt for min as someone who like wasn't like super tomboyish but had a lot of male <laughs> friends and you know like was a girl who liked video games oh. like 
that this whole like this is a girl thing and you shouldn't be able to or you know like this is a girl thing and this is a guy thing and you shouldn't be allowed to do guy things just makes me so furious yeah i i was in basically in the exact same boat throughout most of my adolescence like i had i had men's haircut for like eight or nine years from like high school until i don't know into college uh and now i have long hair and I'm terrified to cut it because when you have short hair, you actually have to style it. When it's long, <laughs> you can just brush it out and let it air dry. If you have straight hair, at least. If you have curly hair, you're shit out of you're luck. You're boned either way. Yeah, yeah. you're shit out of luck. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Min's whole thing uh, was pretty infuriating. Yeah. Uh, so, so then there's... Yeah. She's in a dress. She's, like, with long hair. They get to... Uh school she wants to play baseball with the boys the boys are really skeptical she convinces them that she plays sonic adventure too and so yeah. they let her play uh the boys uh june is wearing a shirt with arthur the aardvark on it and the boys like tell him that his shirt is gay which is also yeah. upsetting uh we yeah. find out that hayden is dyslexic and they t- this is the part where they talk about like how what 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 percentage of of the united states do you think is asian american and you have uh you have three options you actually get to to guess it's 50 percent, 80 percent, and 100 percent. i chose 100 percent because i was role-playing as men at the time yeah and if you do that hayden's like what about me i'm literally right in front of you yeah it's good uh, and then he's like, no, seriously, the, the newspaper said it's only 4%. Yeah. And they're like, that can't be right. Like, like you have dyslexia. About? You're wrong. Yeah, you must have read that wrong with your dyslexia. And the, he's like, but, like, what about on TV? It's, like, mostly white people. And they're like, well, that's because Asian parents won't let their kids become actors because it's too risky. And the same thing with sports. Yep. Yeah. Because, like, all the Asian parents make their kids become, like, doctors and engineers. And so that's why you don't ever see, like, it's, and it, it smacks of, like, real childhood conversation in a, in a certain way that if it's not actually a conversation or, like, thought process that the, the author or someone that she knows had, um, then it's just real good writing. Because yeah. it, it really feels genuine. Um, and then they go to McDonald's, uh, well, and they get the Happy Meals. Yeah. Or is that is that before or after the car ride? This is that's after the car ride. The car ride first, yeah. Where Min's Min's parents like chew her out for playing baseball, like, you know, like you you shouldn't do that. And she's like, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. I hate them. And she's like, Well, this is what we bought you, so you know we're yeah. gonna. This and, was and, you have and, to wear. She's like, I keep telling you that I don't like these, and you keep buying them for me. Yeah, and and June like having been told that his Arthur shirt is gay says like I don't like this shirt anymore, and they're like, but why? And he, he I mean, as a kid, you can't just say like yeah. because the kids at school said, it's gay. said yeah. it's gay. Um, and then uh, June is playing with the Game Boy, and they won't let Min play with it. And her parents are like, games and yeah, they're not for girls. That's like and... not for girls. It's not natural. We're like, they're the, even to the point like uh, threatening to like take her to a doctor because she must have a hormonal issue because yeah. she's not feminine. Uh, and yeah. then she throws the Game Boy out the window. Yeah, because like, hey, if I can't play with it, nobody gets to. 
Um, which is like, you know, it's it's a terrible like tantrum that a child would have, but it's also it feels in the moment like you understand why she did it and how she got there and why she's so angry yeah. that she would do that. Mm-hmm. Like it feels exactly like what she would do in that situation. Yes. Um, let's and see. then's the McDonald's. And then's the McDonald's scene where both Hayden and June get uh, like Hot, Hot Wheels. Wheels toys, and Min gets a Barbie. And she's pissed about it, so she goes and tries to. And ask... we also we also learned that Jun gets the wrong food. He asked for chicken nuggets, and they gave him a cheeseburger. And he's he doesn't go up and complain. She, she, oh, Min is yeah. like, you should go up and complain. They're twins, in case we didn't establish that. Yeah. Um, and Min is like, you should go up and complain. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't want to bother the workers or you know bother anyone. He's like a very like sweet and gentle child. Yes. And it's and it, you know as we learn later that's mostly probably like a fear response but yeah. um, still yeah so Min goes up to complain and they like laugh her off basically saying like well you can't ask for a specific toy and she says no I don't want a specific toy you gave me the girl toy I would like the boy toy and then they just like laugh laugh it yeah, off they're, they're like, like oh Why would a pretty girl like you want the boys toy that's so silly yeah. like. Fuck off, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I remember being a kid and, like, the the happy, like, happy meat meal toys, boy-girl version, and, like, at one point I remember the boy version was, like, Pokemon stuff, and I'm like, that kicks ass, but why is it the boy version? Like, yeah. Poke- like Pokemon is the least gendered video game, I <laughs> yeah. think, of all, like, of all time, or at least in, like, popular you know, yeah. mainstream. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't so, remember McDonald's having a, like, a girl and a boy toy. They definitely did in the States, at least for a while. That I, was like Maybe they thin. did, and I was like, too young to, I like. Think, I think they do. Let me, um, let me do look. Do they still? I think they still do. Because if they still do, that's kind of gross. I think they still do. I know this because I have small children in my, yeah. Right now, uh, the the toys. It looks like there's. Uh, okay, right now it's Monster Jam monster trucks and Shopkins cutie cars. Jesus Christ! I think this, they. This is what's goddamn wrong with our culture. Yeah, I think they do ask, like they they. Which one you would like? Yeah, which one you'd like? Um, like, and they don't just default to giving you one or the other, uh... But, like, fuck gendered toys, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. just have... If you can't come up with a toy that's suitable for all children, don't put the fucking toy in the Happy Meal. Yeah. Like, just... Ugh. My, I'm... I just remember when, so when Beanie Babies were the the McDonald's toy and, like, everybody wanted their fucking McDonald's Beanie Babies because Beanie Babies were gonna be the hot shit! You're gonna sell all your Beanie Babies and be a gazillionaire. Yeah, Guess what? They're worthless. <laughs> I had a Beanie ton of Beanie Babies, too, when I was a kid. I had, like, I had like some special edition ones, too. Um, yeah, I don't... I think I had... <laughs> I had the... <laughs> oh, no, I just remembered. I had the, like commemorative princess diana memorial death oh, no. bear i had that. <laughs> i had that oh god 
Yeah, I got it as a gift. I don't think I actually wanted that one, but yeah, I have. I think I, I think I ended up with the commemorative 911 uh, Beanie Baby. Whoa! Purpose, so, um, so, yeah, his name was Courage, and he was a German Shepherd with like a little American flag on his. Hang on, butt. I gotta look this up. Uh, I don't know if he was actually a 911 commemorative uh, Beanie Baby, but he was definitely like meant to be like a representative of service people and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, Courage was there. I guess there actually was a 9/11 blue memorial bear. It's like okay. a, a powder Different blue look. with a with a, an American flag embroidered on it. Okay. Yeah. So I got the German Shepherd, but the reason we got him was actually we found him abandoned in a parking lot. Oh. Uh, and when uh, we were like, so we you know we picked him up and we put him in the car and put him like on the dashboard. Uh, and mom asked like, oh like what's this one's name? And I looked it up and I'm like, oh it's Courage. And she thought I said Porridge. <laughs> So his name was Porridge from then on. Nice. Which is a great name for a German Shepherd. But anyway. Are they still making Beanie Babies? I guess... They I look guess... different now. They have weird giant eyes now. Yeah, they do. Uh, but let, we're, we're getting off track. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> Again. Um, so then after the McDonald's scene is the scene... It's a very nostalgic sort of game. It is, yeah. Um, after the McDonald's scene is the scene where we, like, we see... Uh, Min's dad get angry. Get yeah. angry, and he throws he throws something, and it like breaks a glass table. table. Yeah. Um, and like he's he's saying like that Min is retarded and that she's brain damaged, and they have to like take her to a doctor because she's yeah. got mental problems. Um, and and, and then Min it's... is like being like, no, you're the ones like who don't understand. Like she's actually like. She fights back real hard. Yeah, and but there's a scene. Obviously, she's a little kid, so. Yeah, and then there's a scene where it's like you learn more about, you know, the dynamic between Min and Jun, and between like Jun and their parents, and why, you know, Jun yeah. is kind of a doormat. Yeah, Jun is the the like he's trying to be the mediator person, mm -hmm. the like just say what they want to hear. It'll be over faster that way. Like you're just making it worse. Um, and but like Min is like I will absolutely like not apologize and say I'm wrong if I'm not wrong. That's like dumb and doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you know. The, oh, the right. The 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 um, what sets her dad off is that she cuts her hair. That's when she cuts yeah. her hair. Uh, after that. After yeah, because she's angry about all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, she cuts her hair short, like by by hand. She just takes her own like pair of scissors and chops it off. Yep. Um. And then the next day, there's a baseball game, and she sees Dia on the baseball team and is like, that's the coolest, a girl who plays baseball. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they basically become friends. Like, Min, yep. Min, like, yells encouragement at her from the bleachers, and then they find each other after the game. And she and... gives Dia some nori. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you become friends. That's how you become friends when you're a kid, man. It is. It's it's so simple. Why can't it be that easy today? We don't all walk around with packed lunches. We should have more, like, just food and snacks that we can give to people. Yeah. To form lasting yeah, friendships. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's Min's story, which is, like, I, this one was, like, felt like... I, I don't know, really got under my skin in a certain way. Like, I was real, real angry on Min's behalf. Yeah. 
Um, also, it's established that, that Min basically has a crush on Dia from the very beginning. From moment one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Then it goes back to current day. And oh, I think... this is the buffet thing, isn't it? No, it's it's not the buffet thing. Uh, it's it's uh, an I am thing, and Dia I am's Min, and she's well, yeah. like, please, I don't know how to talk to the baseball team. They go into the baseball club DM group, and they're furry role playing. Yeah, it's, well, the, it's because it's just the weebs there at the moment. <laughs> yes, including Akarsha. It's great. Uh, but this is when they they have the conversation about the buffet. Where they're like, uh, the team captains are there, and they're like, hey, we should go somewhere and celebrate our victory. Like, what if we go to, um, you know, like, this Indian buffet? Uh, and they, like, it's uh, around, somehow talking around it, they get the idea that they should try and smuggle Min in, in a, like, a duffel bag, because <laughs> she's so short. Yeah, like, oh, we could we could get her to eat for free. <laughs> yep. Which is and a Min dumb agrees idea. To it but... Because it's illegal. Yeah, yeah. Min, yeah, Min wants to do it because it's illegal. Yep. Um, and then they get to uh, oh, then but then like um, Min and Noel can't come because their parents both disapprove of them, like being on the baseball team. So they um, they, so they formulate a scheme where uh, Min's parents and Noel's parents both like drop them off at the library, and they see like. Okay, here is the tutor, here is the tutor ed tutory. Like this is all above board. We're good yeah, and clearly these two would never actually be friends, so Yeah. Yeah. Um and a- actually on the and so they like once the parents leave they just like walk over to the buffet which is nearby and they bond over having terrible parents. Yep. Which is a fair thing to bond over. So uh, then they get to the then they get to the buffet. Uh, Akarsha and Min like go diving in the fountain for coins. Yep. Until the uh, the team captain stops them. Oh, and and Dia ran like five miles to get to the mall, and it's like, but you live like a mile away. And she's like, yeah, I'm I got lost. I'm bad at navigating. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at maps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they dive around. For coins, and then they attempt to smuggle Min into the buffet, which is incredibly short-lived. Yeah, that... because that's a stupid idea. And they get found out almost immediately. Yep. Uh, and then, I mean, there's like a lot of conversations and shenanigans and stuff that go on in the buffet. It's not that important. Um, at one point, uh. The two non-Indian girls accidentally like drink a condiment. Yep. Because no one's there to tell them it's not a beverage. Yep. Uh. Oh, Noel pops off the most masterful prank in the entire game. She goes and gets like water drinks for everyone, and then at at some point later on, she shows Akasha a photo of her with the water glass by the toilet in the restaurant and she's like Akarsha believes that she is drinking toilet water uh and Noel Noel is not that evil but but Noel also does not disabuse her of of that uh that notion yes so 
that was cute yeah so shenanigans conversations um as part of this min uh quizzes no noel yeah i think on because noel knows dia really well on like where she should take dia on a date um and like the two suggestions are like um dog park which she's already done so she can't do again and then yeah. something else that was like way too expensive like a cruise or something i forget it was like harry potter world Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, Harry the Potter. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh. And but she says like oh, you should take her out for food because she loves eating. Yeah. Um. And so then uh like later when they're alone together, Min invites uh Dia out on a date to like this dessert place that sounds actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a, a Japanese shaved ice place, which uh. Man, if you haven't seen Japanese shaved ice, you need to look that shit up right now because they go hard yeah, on it. They're pretty cool looking. They give desserts. you like a huge bowl that is just piled with shaved ice and like covered in syrup and like fruit and like sweets in the bowl. It's intense. Uh, yep. Also, we get a Noel prepares a Dia cheat sheet for Min. <laughs> uh so let's see top desserts and drinks dia likes any food artificially colored to look blue the flavor is irrelevant dia cannot tell the difference and will refer to it as blue flavor uh peanut butter she is neutral towards actual peanuts mango food with a circle in the center i.e bagels bunt cakes peach gummy rings if you are in a situation where multiple food items have these features uh such as a blue colored cake and a mango mousse cake the hierarchy is as follows Blue flavor, peanut butter, mango, circle in the center. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great cheat sheet. Yeah. And apparently very accurate. We yeah. Learn. Uh, so they go to the place. Uh, they order a blue drink, uh, a blue shaved ice called, like, the Mount Fuji. They show a picture of it. It looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, they, it turns out, so both of the, uh, the two daters are very like nervous and are texting people for advice. So uh, Min is texting Noel and Akarsha. Uh, Dia is texting Akarsha. Yeah, and uh, both and... Noel and Akarsha are just in the restaurant with <laughs> yeah, them secretly, in, like in disguise. <laughs> yeah, heavy quotes on disguise. Yeah, um, I think they're both wearing sunglasses and Akarsha has drawn on a mustache. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Akarsha is wearing, like, those alien, those giant alien sunglasses and a mustache, and Noel has, like, a, a surgical mask and sunglasses. Oh, that's right. So... I forgot about the mask. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, eventually, like, they, you know, they, they, they talk about the virtues of just, like, straightforward, open and honest communication, uh, and they talk about how they feel, and Minso uh, kisses Dia, and it's super cute. Um, but unfortunately, she gets on the table to do so, which ends up breaking the table, and they get banned forever from this dessert place. Yep. <laughs> which is sad, because that dessert looked super good. Yes. Um, but that's basically the end of the game. There's, like, a little uh, thing seen afterwards that's, like, just, like, hey, remember that, you know, puberty is rough, but you'll get through it, and we all have to be butterfly soup for a little bit, and... 
you know, it's a, just kind of a cheesy but feel-good sort of sign-off. And then there's a little epilogue scene after the credits of uh, Minso and Dia buying dog, buying their second dog. Yeah. And by buying, I mean, I guess, rescuing, because they're at a, a shelter. So, getting a, a palm named Palm. Yep. And it's Palm. It's Palm. Palm. It's Palm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very... Do they name it Palm if you don't pick Palm as a name earlier in the game? Well, the only two options are Palm and Shiba, and they already have a Shiba named Shiba. Yeah. So. I, I'm actually... Uh, the first time I played it, I picked Palm and and got that scene. So I'm going to see if... Because uh, I picked Shiba this time when I've been, you know... Yeah, so see if the scene is any different. So we'll see. With your fast forward button, but generally overall, like, the, it's an incredibly cute game. The writing is like witty and top notch. The characters feel like real and have some depth. There's some great representation. Oh, I almost forgot my favorite scene. My one of my favorite jokes in this game um, is when they're in the McDonald's. If you inspect the TV, there's an ad playing for like a new drama. Um, and it's like, imagine a world in which love is oh, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and they describe it as like, it's two like white people making out, it's a like, white it's... man and a white woman making out. Everyone in the cast is a white person with brown hair who looks like they could be siblings. Yep. Also, the scene at the end is the same. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as like representation in games goes, it's it feels like genuine and authentic and it's it's just it's a real treat it's a it's a fun cute little game and it's only like three or four hours so yeah it's it's like i don't know it's it's very focused which i think is uh generally a plus especially when we're considering like indie visual novels yeah it's really easy to think like a visual novel is easy it doesn't require a huge amount of assets I can go buck wild uh, and that almost always ends up being a huge mistake so yeah because like because visual novels are so kind of samey in terms of mechanics there's not usually a lot that you do other than basically reading and clicking um, it's it's really easy for them to wear out their welcome mm -hmm. if they're not like continually engaging yeah uh, and so this one the writing is is good enough and tight enough that it doesn't wear out its welcome, which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I yes. really love this game, but I also really hate it. Oh no, what do but, you hate about it? I, I love the story, but please skip the goddamn memes everywhere. <laughs> I, I would, normally I would give you that, but they are supposed to be high schoolers. And like young high schoolers. My only my only sure. issue with it is that it uses anachronistic memes. Like it, I remember at one point there's a dialogue where I think Akarsha refers to something as being cursed. That meme that was not a meme in 2008. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, a lot of them are later. Yeah, stuff. they're they're most of them I think are not. Like I don't. There there was a scene where Kyla and I were talking about the uh, the. My heart will go on. Played with recorder. That yeah. was yeah, that's, that's great. This plays whenever 
like Akarsha and Minso yeah. are having a moment. Yeah. It plays the like Titanic theme, like my heart will go on, but played badly on recorder. Yeah. And that one was period appropriate. I looked it up and I found a video from like 2007. So that's accurate. You get a pass on that. But yeah. Um, you, you even, the, the funny thing is that's the one meme that it would have been okay if it was like anachronistic because it's non-diegetic. They never refer to it. Yeah. It's just a thing that happens in the background. But yeah, no. I mean, it's hard to research like when when memes were topical. So yeah, there there was I guess another. It's actually not that hard because you can go to know your meme. Yeah. Um, but uh, there there was another one that references nine nine nine. It's it's one of the names you can name your caterpillar, uh, and that game didn't come out until the end of two thousand nine. So <laughs> also inaccurate, but yeah. at the same time, like it it never feels wrong even though yeah, the memes aren't it's it's relatable in that like uh this is an awful tweeny meme sort of feeling regardless of like its actual vintage yeah and i think like there's a shrek reference which i don't shrek wasn't i mean shrek has always kind of been a meme but shrek yeah. hasn't been memed super hard until like uh, the past few years so. Yeah. Also, Akarsha has a habit, and this is, I don't know if this is a, a particular meme, or if it's just an Akarsha thing, of, like, quoting, like, slogans and jingles from companies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have it your way. Burger King. Yep. Uh, but it, the, to be fair, they mostly go meme-heavy on Akarsha, and I think it's it's intended specifically as a characterization thing that she's, like, kind of annoying. Like, she does that sort of kind of annoying, like, young high schooler thing of, like, oh, look how funny I am. The cake is a lie, guys! Yeah. yeah. yeah so sure, that, but it I doesn't mean I don't hate it. That's fair. <laughs> This is exactly what I was saying with, like, I I, have, I was laughing really hard at Akarsha's stuff, but I feel like I wouldn't necessarily want to actually be friends with her in real life because I would be annoyed by that shit. Yeah. Although probably, in retrospect, high school me probably would have gotten along quite well with her. Like, present me probably wouldn't, but present me, like, hopefully would not get along with most high schoolers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, you grow out of that kind of age group of friends. Yeah. I just, like, I think back to high school and, like, I definitely had those friends who were, like, in their early 20s when I was in high school. And it's like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, in retrospect, what are these early 20-somethings doing hanging out with high schoolers? But yeah, at the time, it was fine. She does say that the author does say as like on a quick screen after the credits, like I really I miss, miss high, school. high school, Yeah. which I do not. No. If there um, were a time period in my life I could go back to, it would not be high school. Not at all. Sure. Short question. How old are you in high school? Uh, Four, 14 to 18. It, yeah, I was going to say 14 to 18, yeah. roughly. Okay. So it's slightly younger than it is here. Okay. Or yeah. like our equivalent. Yeah. yeah, it's different for different, like, different places have different, like, what they consider high school. Um, some places, uh, high school is 10th through 12th, mm -hmm. and some places it's 9th through 12th. Yeah. Um, I think I've even heard of it occasionally only being 11th and 12th, but I think that's unusual. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but I think most commonly it's 9th through 12th, and in 9th grade, that's, like, when you're 14, 15, so. Yep. 
So, I mean, they're still pretty young. They're not, like, 16 yet, so it's okay that they go a little, like, meme-heavy, but I get that that, like, that could get grating if, uh, especially if it's, like, a, not a style of humor that you find funny in any way. Yeah, I mean, I still have to play it. Yeah. Yeah. We strong-armed you into it. There's no escape. No. Let's see, I'm looking... But I really like, I mean, they all do have kind of a different brand of humor. Like, Minso is also really funny, but she's more funny for being, like, incredibly violent and slightly dumb. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at what, so we've done visual Wait, novels, we've done- you have another gun! This is America! Everyone has guns! Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm looking at visual novels. So we've done, I would consider Valhalla a visual novel. I would also consider the silver case a visual novel. Yeah, and so we have the the cat cafe one, Hustle mm -hmm. Cat, Hustle uh, Cat, and uh, Dream Doki Daddy. Doki Literature Club, oh, yeah, and Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, Dream Daddy. Yeah, I think this is up there with Hustle Cat for me in terms yeah. of like favorite visual novels that we've played. I was I was just like I was looking, trying to think about like in terms of art. I feel like short of the like professional ones because I think. Doki Doki was like not really an indie title, as far mm -hmm. as I remember. Even though it was, it's, it's like small studio. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. I. I mean, between this and Hustle Cat and Dream Daddy, I think this one had my favorite art. It's they they, it's very, like, biggest bang for your buck that you could get in terms of effort. Yeah. Like the backgrounds are all basically just photos with filters on them they're to make them look a little more. They're photos with filters on them, but they're also painted over in yeah. in a lot of places, which like gives it an impressionistic feel. And a lot of visual yeah. novels, even like actual Japanese visual novels, will just, just do that. Just use photos. Yeah. Uh, so well, they also will sometimes just use photos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I liked I liked that with the paint over, just like mm. giving it that impression. Like I guess what it comes down to is the art felt consistent throughout it yeah. wasn't like the, the they spent most of their time on the like character portraits and mm -hmm. actually getting good like emotional like portraits and, and expressions on the characters which i think is where you ideally want to spend your largest chunk of time for a visual novel art yeah it wasn't like hustle cat which i didn't mind hustle cat but it was very apparent in multiple like instances where you could tell like a different artist has drawn this scene yeah. and it wasn't like dream daddy where the character portraits were super well detailed and the backgrounds looked like they were kind of just slapped together yeah <laughs> yeah they really were uh and the and the like the character portraits don't really match your custom character either in yeah. a way that's uncomfortable in dream daddy and then it's got those like unlockable postcards at the end that are hugely varying in quality yeah so yeah, this was pretty mm -hmm. consistent, and as I said, I think it like was well focused because it was focused most on the things that you would most care about in terms of visual novel, which is like the characters being very expressive. Mm -hmm. And if you only have four characters, you have a lot of opportunity to like give them lots of different expressions. Yeah. So good job. That yeah. you could have fucked it up, but you <laughs> definitely didn't, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I saw when I was like looking up um, this game to uh, 
to like intro it, there's a there is an article online that's titled "Developer of Indie Hit Butterfly Soup Talks Sequel Plans." Um, so it's possible there will be a sequel. It's uh, which would be cool. Her um. Isn't the sequel Pom gets Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pom yes, dies, but... goes to heaven. That's true. Her Twitter profile does say that she's on a semi-social media hiatus working on stuff. Okay. Which could so, mean yeah. any number of things, but there's that. I don't think this game needs a sequel. I think it feels... It ends in a way that feels nice. But I also think it has a lot of potential for a sequel. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff... ...explored that, you know, I would love to know more about, like, what happens to Akarsha? What happens to Noel? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how do they, like, finally break out from under their various parents' thumbs and... There's yeah. a lot of room for it. I'm pretty much against every kind of sequel. Yeah, I mean, that's also, like, a legit point of view. That's fair. Um, as I say, I don't think this needs one. I think there are some pieces that really do feel like they need a sequel, like the story is not done being told, or there's, like, just too many different places you could go with it to, to feel like you, you're done. But I think this one does feel sufficiently like it's done that I could take or leave a sequel. I agree. Also, it's like a story about puberty, right? Yeah, this one is. So the the next one would ideally have to be something different than that, because you've already told that story. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, any any other final thoughts on it? It's good. People should play it. Yeah. Definitely. Even even though we've just described the whole story. Yeah. Well. You know what? That's there's fine. some good di- there's some good dialogue that we inevitably forgot that you should just go check out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I uh, covered it pretty well. Hard, pretty hard recommend here. We should talk about our next thing. Also, we should like talk to someone who does music, like maybe Jason or someone, and get them to do like little interstitial segment. Um, theme songs because i've been listening to a ton of podcasts lately and all of the good ones have like fun tiny little interstitial theme songs for their segments. all of the good ones huh kyla yeah huh? Hmm. i've listened to a lot of bad huh? podcasts also that's fair. No, that's fair. And, uh, <laughs> like i'm not saying ours is bad i mean uh, here's the thing i don't know if i would necessarily say that ours is good either but we have yeah. fun doing it and that's we're all very hard, low but... budget we're yeah. definitely very like low production value yeah if you're here god bless you yeah. for putting up with our low production value yeah man we'll talk about beanie babies and hannibal and kingdom hearts and anything but the game and yep, that's we have we... we have incredibly inconsistently uh, performing microphones, yeah. uh, and we don't edit anything. So yeah, the, you're, you're the taking what you can get. The bare minimum so, of editing. Yeah. So, so thank you. Yeah. For listening. Look, at least we have an intro and an outro at all. That's true. We do so, have that. That's that's good. Uh, all right. What are we playing next? We next we are playing uh, the Return of the Oberdin, which is a game. It came out a couple months ago in October. Uh, by Lucas Pope, who also made Papers, Please. Uh, we were trying to figure out whether this is the sec- the first time that we have played uh, a- another game from the same developer, and we realized that it is not, because we also played the Frog, frog-, 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 frog- Fractions Yes, games. if you can count Frog Fractions. 
but I guess yeah. again. I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, The Return of the Oberdin is a... Uh, essentially, it's a mystery game where a, a ship, the Oberdin, sort of has been found after being lost at sea for many years, and you are an employee of the East East India Company, and it's basically your job to You're investigate... You're like a tax assessor or something yeah. like that, I think. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and it's basically your job to go on the ship and using a magical stopwatch, partially using a magical stopwatch, as well as, like, the manifest, and I think and there's some journals and deductive stuff. deductive reasoning. And your deductive reasoning. You have to figure out who everyone was on the ship, and there's, like, over 50 people who were on the ship, so you've got your work cut out for you. You have to figure out who they were and how they died, and if they were killed by someone else, you also have to know who killed them. Um... I, I yes. played the demo and I played a bit of the full release, and uh, boy howdy, this ain't gonna be easy. <laughs> okay. Because there's there's some stuff where it's like, you might have to just guess and use process of elimination, so that'll be fun. I okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how successful <laughs> we all yeah, are. I, have we ever played a mystery game on this podcast? I don't know. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I mean. <laughs> Now this, that I, th- I mean, the silver the case, silver case but the silver case is not isn't... a lot of deductive reasoning you have to do in the silver case. Yeah, no, there really isn't. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot that of deductive. Counts as a mystery game. There's, there's a lot of deductive reasoning you can do after the fact when they've told you everything and you still <laughs> in order don't understand to try it. And figure out what the fuck just happened, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what we're playing. We're we playing did, uh, Return we to the did, for for like the end of 2018, we each did on Twitter like our top seven games from this podcast that we played in 2018, and I oh, think yeah. both of you included the Silver Case yes. in your top seven, and I did not. That's fair, man. That's extremely much. fair. I it's just it's just my kind of like I think I even said like when we recorded that episode, uh, I don't think I had fun at any point with this game, but I was so compelled by it. I, was, I think you said, like, you felt like the game was holding you hostage, I believe was how you termed that. So, I have Stockholm Syndrome now, I yes, guess. Is, I guess is, that, I mean, that being said, I still want to play the sequel at some point. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make anyone else play it, uh, but I, I would like to yeah, play the sequel. Or are you? <laughs> and um, I I am pretty hype about the remake of Flower, Sun, and Rain, which is like a spinoff, kind of. So yeah. that's going to be... And Killer7 some PC, no? Yeah, it is. Uh, and I haven't played it yet. I need to, though. I need to because that's one that I missed on console, so... So... Alright. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm... not what we're playing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually deal. playing... Return of the Oberdin. Uh, you can find it on Steam for sure. Possibly, is it on Good Old Games? Hang on, let me let me look real quick. I don't think it is. Uh, it is on Good Old Games. Um, if you are how more, mu- how much is it on Good Old Games? Is it cheaper? I think it's twenty in both. Okay. Twenty twenty American dollars. Uh, nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents USD. If if you want to be real specific. Um, yeah. but it's on sale oh, now, oh, I think. Is it? Is it? When I check. Oh, no, it's not. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, Ignore me. 
But it's, yeah, we apologize for picking a game that's still kind of expensive. Um, we try not to do that, but we're all kind of excited about this game, so. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. And we did just play Butterfly Soup, which was free. So, there you go. Basically free. I spent money uh, on it, just because I felt like That's true. I did, I think I kicked like $5. Yeah. Because I wanted to support the developer, but still. It's, it could be free if yeah. you need it to be free. If you would like it to be free. Oprah Den is not. Man, we are not focused today. But it's That's fine. Okay. We made it's it fine. through the episode, and I think we, uh, we did so adequately. So, yes. Yeah, so play Return, to Obra, Return of the Oprah Den, uh, and then come back in two weeks, and then we'll talk about it. And probably, uh, I think in two weeks we'll be doing, it'll be like almost February, and I think we're going to maybe try and do a four in February again this year yeah. and do like some short games, which will be good for me because I'll be playing kingdom hearts all of February. So yeah, I won't have a lot of time. When games. it comes out the 28th, is that right? 28th or 29th. One of those okay. two. I have it pre-ordered. It's supposed to like arrive on release day. We'll see if that happens. Nice. I hope it does for your sake. Uh, okay. Plugs. Hello. I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso time bomb. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter pretending to be us at Feedback Force, which is the podcast Twitter. Uh, yeah. Um, I am Kyla. You can find me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Um, I'm taking a short hiatus from Uncaged Fury. I haven't actually announced this on Twitter yet, but I will. Um, I had some trouble getting uh, a working ROM of Silent Hill. Uh, and I thought, well, with Kingdom Hearts coming out so soon, um, I'm really not going to want to play anything else once that comes out. So maybe I'll just, I might just go on hiatus until I'm, after I'm done with Kingdom Hearts, and then I'll resume my stream on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, I, but there's I, plenty of VODs. If you want to go to my YouTube page or to twitch.tv slash cagetiger, you can see all the, uh, the old classic games I've played. <laughs> I feel like Silent Hill might be one of those that's kind of a bear to emulate, but I... I mean, it's PlayStation 2, so if I could... I oh, might are you just playing Silent to... Hill 2? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that 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 probably definitely is a bear to emulate. Uh, uh, well, so the thing is, I have an emulator that just runs PS2 discs, so I may have to just go out and spend the 25 bucks or 35 bucks or whatever to just buy a copy of Silent Hill 2, yeah. like an old used copy. I might even have some friends who own it, for all I know. I should check that out. Um, in which case, you know, my emulator will run it just pretending it's a PS2. So, Is the is the Silent Hill HD collection still available Oh, I PC? looked for this. I don't think so. I looked for this, like, on Steam, because I, I thought this wasn't going to be a problem, because I thought I was just going to be able to get, like, a legit PC copy, uh, and it would be fine. And it's not on Steam and not on GOG, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Which, like, it's supposed to be, like, a real classic of the series, you would think, that I... it would be everywhere, but... I think there was, like, I think the HD collection was really bad, is what the issue was, and, uh... uh, uh so it got pulled. I think that's what happened, yeah. Because I think it was on PC at some point, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, Huck, Huck was swearing up and down that as well. He's like, I know it was on PC, I remember seeing it on Steam. Yeah. So... You can Konami get like a... lost source code. Wait, I don't know. really? And that's why they like 
redid some things for the remaster. Yeah, I've I've heard that some things were re- redone, and yeah, that like that's more common than you might think. A yeah. lot of remasters are like they have to remake old assets and and redo some of the old code just because like they don't have the original yeah. assets anymore. Uh, yeah, that's too bad that it's not like available anymore because that would probably make your life easier. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh well. Anyway, sorry, Carl. Hey, how's it hey. going? I'm We're... Carl. You can find me on Twitter at Skug3. Nice. Two two G's in Skug, right? Yeah. 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 So if you want to contact us, uh, feel free to contact us about like being a guest on the show. We like to have guests, so if you play the game and you want to talk about it with us, just Twitter message us. Um, contact us if you would like to write theme music yeah. um, for us. Uh Contact us if you have games that you would like to recommend that we play. Maybe there's something that like we haven't heard of that's cheap and short. Or we try and like stay, you know, twenty bucks or less in terms of cost, and we try and stay if we can under ten hours in terms of gameplay. Um, but if you have something that you desperately want us to play, let us know. Yeah, and then and then come talk about it with us. Yeah. The 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 double double whammy. You yep. you get he, to hear us talk about the game, and also you get to be on a podcast. Yeah, Ooh. and if you don't if you if you don't want to do both of those, you can do one or the other, but yeah. feel free to do both. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, more two K nineteen, the year of the guests. I'm gonna say that it's not gonna fucking happen, but you know, <laughs> it's fine. We'll see. I'll I'll you know, I'll talk to friends see if they want to record on stuff. I bet Lee would come back if we asked them. Yeah. They were like interested in playing a game with us at some point. Yeah. We gotta make 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 it happen in the year of our Lord, two thousand nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. As they say, as as I've heard being said. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but I like it. Yep. That's fine. Uh. Okay. Cool. Uh. Welcome to the year. We will see you in two weeks. We will talk about uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. It'll be great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.